Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? A, uh, an amazing, I know I always say this, but this was a truly special episode. Um, one of those great ones where I had never met the person before. My friend Lauren put us in touch. And uh, it's, it's Ross Marquand. I hope I'm saying that right. Ross. I'm just kidding. Marquand. <laughs> how, how else could you say it? It's Ross Marquand. Marquand. And uh, he, he's a, one of the stars of The Walking Dead, uh, which we discuss. I, I haven't seen. But the reason uh, Lauren put us in touch was because we have uh, a lot of things in common, and he has a very interesting story. And boy, that, that just ended up being incredibly true. And we just clicked right away and had an amazing time. And I'm so happy we recorded it, and we can share it with you guys. And uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, no ad here, but PeteHolmes.com will have all the T-shirts that we've ever put out for the podcast. Uh, as well as I have two live shows coming up in L.A. March 9th, I'll be at Largo doing stand-up with other friends doing stand-up. And on March 29th, I'll be back at Largo doing uh, the, the kind of like God Talks, uh, the live God Talks I do with Rob Bell, which is going to be really fun too. I think I said this already, but we just kind of take suggestions and then kind of talk and see where where the evening goes. But Rob is one of the most fascinating and inspiring people I know. And it's also fun to just kind of create a space where we can talk about whatever. So it's, it's comedy and it's funny and it's interesting and it's hopefully it's all the things, but hopefully you can make it either March 9th for stand up or March 29th for what it, whatever it is uh, Rob and I are doing. <laughs> uh, those are all at largo-la.com for tickets and uh, PeteHolmes.com for everything else and hope to see you at a show. Enjoy the amazing Ross Marquand. Get into it. Oh yeah, well, it's raining. It's, it's so I weird. Know, it's amazing. Yeah. Did you bring Japan. a gift? Yeah, it's from, ah! from Japan. I was just there. No way. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Thank you so much. You're welcome. There's, you know, I love. I, proceed I, I, with extreme caution. So you know, I just bought like a, a grab bag of like, well, this this looks interesting. Oh, you know, so. cool, man. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. Yeah. I don't think we've ever. Had a guest bring a gift? Are you before. serious? That's a shame. I, I gave uh, Matt Beringer from the National. You can put these on if you okay, want. It's, it's optional. Uh, I gave him a bottle of wine because that's my favorite band, and I was kind of. Uh, I guess you could say I was nervous, and I wanted uh-huh. him to like me, so I was like, "Here you go." <laughs> so, uh, I, but it's never gone the other way. So, thank well, you very great. much. Of course, yeah. That's Melty Kiss. It sounds like it's going to be good. I kind of want to open it. Yeah. Let's talk about what's in this bag. Let's talk, let's talk about the. What, mo- what were you doing in Japan? Mm. Did, the walk, did they walk all the way to Japan? They walked those all did? the way. <laughs> I, you know, because Lauren probably told you I haven't seen that show. Okay. And by the way, that's not important to you. I'm not assuming that that's <laughs> yeah. important to you. I hate when people go like, oh, I don't have cable or, or like, I don't watch TV. It's like, I didn't ask you to. You asked me what I do. So I'm not doing that to you. I'm just okay, letting good. you know that any Walking Dead jokes will be about the name of the show. Great, great. Zombie. I prefer it that way. Jo- yeah, yeah. When, it's, when it's too specific about like, oh, so, so how do you feel like your character is going to respond yeah. to this? I'm like, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, it's, Although... I do remember Duncan Trezzel telling me that the show was an allegory for polyamory, which I thought was very interesting. Whoa, that yeah. is a. Str- I mean, I, I got it a, is. A bit it, of a it might be a stretch. I've, again, I wish I've seen oh. it, but he said that there was something about 
possessiveness, and you're on a later season, if I'm not... Yeah, but I, I was a fan since the beginning, so I'm oh, okay. curious what he means by he, that. So there's, like, the different... I'll tell him what he... Tell you what he told me. <laughs> okay. And what a stupid way to start, because you're talking <laughs> to someone who can't hit the ball back. This is better. This is better. I like it this way. <laughs> well, then I'll just give it to you. He says that there's, like, two strong men. Yep. And then the story is about, like, the others choosing who they're going to be with. And and the difficulty that they kind of want to be with both, like they see value in both, but society insists that you pick one person. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. What I, do you think? You go. I don't. I don't know if I agree because both of those men are kind of asexual. Uh, I w- yeah, that's a good way to sneak that message in to take the sexuality out of it. Right, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, Daryl doesn't. Daryl's never hooked up with anybody. Uh, uh, Rick's only hooked up with his wife, and that's okay. It. So. I'm I, not sure what he means by I'm that. I'm not sure. We could call him. We yeah. want to call him? Yeah. <laughs> I've never done a, fu- a call on the well, show. Well, it's funny because my character is, is, collects license plates, and last season I killed ah. I killed a walker with a license plate. So oh, that's great. Kind of funny. Everything. Really, in the environment that I'm imagining, uh, <laughs> you don't really have too many choices of what to collect, so you picked no. a good one. Yeah, I think it's either that or like ears like Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Zombie and, ears. And Dar- Daryl does collect zombie ears. Too. Does he? Yeah, yeah. So your character so, does? No, no, no. Uh, oh, Daryl. Daryl. See the heartthrob. We got the crossbow. Norman. Gonna, I wonder if he'll answer. Do you answer your phone? I never. I've. I I've, I, I've never answered my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I only text on it. I, I just, as a general rule, I don't answer it's my like phone. Gary Goldman has a great <laughs> bit about how his the phone on his the phone option on his on it. Oh fuck! Did you say Gary Newman? Gary Goldman. Oh okay. I, I said Gary, Gary Newman's one of my favorite musicians. So I was like, you know Gary Newman? I know who's Gary Newman. Uh, you know, cars. That's what Duncan's voicemail sounds like. Gary Newman did cars and our friends electric. Uh, he was big in the eighties. Two, two boy army was his big band. Okay. Now, I mean, we've gone from a, sh- uh, a show I'm not familiar with to just music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't, does music do it for you? Uh, big time. Are you not a big music guy? Not a big music fan? I hate saying that because really the, <laughs> the underlying uh, kind of assumption, not that it's your assumption, but I feel like when people ask me that, they're saying like, you, you, so you don't have a soul, you're not like, <laughs> right. not easily stirred. I love instrumental music. Uh-huh. So you like uh, Philip Glass maybe? Who dat? Philip Glass, uh, minimalist composer. He did like Koina Scotsi and Ooh, I'll check um, that out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know Philip Glass. He's maybe. Ira Glass's brother. No way. Yeah. Yeah, one's so. always yammering, one no talking. Exactly, and it's, and it's all minimalist, so it's always like. I'm sure you've heard it before. It's, it's good, it's, like, would you call it ambient electronic? Yeah, he and John Adams uh, were kind of like the not not John Adams the, the president, president. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of like the four the forerunners of the, the ambient mu- music movement in the 70s. And like, oh, really? Yeah, the early 70s. They were and Brian Eno and them team. I know Brian Eno. Yeah, yeah. So. Here, I'm gonna write down Phil Glass. Yeah, a Philip, but yeah, Phil, I like. Yeah, I call I him Phil. Phil. Yeah, Phil G. Me and Phil Glass go way back. But uh, I've said it before. I don't know, man. Like I, I, I seem like the kind of person that would like music, uh-huh. and music will. Get- yeah, you're wearing a hoodie. You know? ah! I, mean, I feel like <laughs> I, just, I look like I you're should in be a line. comic book store. It's like high fidelity two waiting to happen. It is. Know? It is. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I don't like uh, always um, feeling the way that they're feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I, I find that imposing. Yeah. So the national is kind of how I always feel or want to feel. Uh-huh. So I put that on and it's very mellow, mm. but it's also kind of got a rock to it. Yeah. It certainly rocks out from time to time. What am I, a dad? Do you like this? <laughs> it rocks out from time to time. Do you like the Smiths? Uh, I'm not big into like those those like classic, really great, like everyone agrees bands. The Beatles, the Smiths, the Kinks, whatever it is. Okay. I'm not into it. Uh, like I do like punk rock too okay. because that's like a thing where I'm like, I feel, yeah, the Misfits, there you go. Because if I feel 
that, yeah. I know it'll meet me there. Yeah, yeah. But if I put on, like, somebody was like, listen to Best Coast. I was like, okay. And I'm like, I don't feel like this. Like, yeah. I don't know where to find my... It's not that they're not good. Yeah. I, I actually saw them play uh, on Conan, I think. Anyway, they're awesome. It, yeah. But I just don't necessarily... I don't know where I fit in with it. Uh, okay. It's not your cup of tea. What's you your need... cup of tea? I, I'm a fan of, like, Nine Inch Nails, Flaming Lips, uh, Led Zeppelin's one of my favorite bands of all time, Blur... Um, oh, wow. Joy Division, The Cure, Depeche Mode. Oh shit! I just um, saw there's a oh, chip geez. here, oh, which no. means there's probably a, a piece of glass hiding in this. Is somewhere. it? Uh, or I already swallowed oh, it. <laughs> it's a good. There's protein in that, right? That, yeah, sure. Yeah. Or fiber. <laughs> or uh, or a surgery waiting to happen. Oh god. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. So no, yeah, I've heard all those bands. I don't mm-hmm. know what's wrong with me. It feels like everybody's kind of falling in love with these things, and uh-huh. I'm I'm the weirdo that won't go in the party. Well, I was I, I I had a I had a rough time earlier in life. I had kind of some you know depression issues. A lot of kids in high school do, and, and then, I feel like for me that like Nine Inch Nails and 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 uh, yeah. you know Depeche Mode and The Cure was like oh there's other people like you. It's not just you in this really nice suburban bubble in Colorado where everyone seems to be happy and together. And I was like I'm falling apart. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, I understand and, that. And it's, those bands kind of I'm feel that way a with uh, with the Eminem. Oh, the, the Eminem. The Eminem. The Eminem. Phil <laughs> Phil G. M, the Eminem. I just I I get it, but I listen to Eminem very rarely because it's not very often that I need that solidarity. But I remember hearing Nine Inch Nails oh, for yeah. the first time in high school, and and getting excited. You yeah. know, what I, mean? I I knew that I was aching as well. Yeah. Even though. What did your depression look like? Or your you know your low your low look like in high school? Uh well, it was it was. You know, bouts of suicide and is that right? You know, thoughts of suicide and that's you had thing. suicidal thoughts. Yeah, I don't know why yeah. I'm excited, but I'm just like, well, no, it's like, that's great. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it was a rough time uh, for about two years. And Tell, so, what's going on? Chemical, situational. Um, oh, what an interesting situational. Place to start. Situational. <laughs> is I that think. right? Yeah, yeah. So, what what was the situation? If you don't, uh, no, no, just a, a series of really awful things. Um, you know, my my. Um, uh, a grandfather died after you know a couple years of um, well, sorry, just being in and out of a coma for a while, and he was in a car accident, and uh, he died right around Christmas '95, and then right after and that, you were close. Sorry, very close question. to my yeah, yeah. Why? Why was I close to my grandfather? Yeah, you know, um, like music. Yeah. I'm a grandfather, grandmotherless person, oh, so that's oh, another that's another boat I missed. He was he was that grandfather that. I would. I remember as a kid, he would. He would always put out his arms, and I would walk up him. Oh, he would. He would. He would just. That was his thing. He would just you make, can stop. No, no, no. I, I would. No, no, no. I just mean if he you would, want to answer. It was no, no, no. It was why like, someone's love. I'm no. I mean, completely serious. As a kid, as a you kid, nailed it. No, I mean, he was. He was just the sweetest guy. He had the biggest heart, and and he always. He was. A, he was a woodworker. He was always working with his hands. He taught me a lot about you know carpentry and everything. And he's just one of those guys who was he a younger granddad? Like he was. Mm, it doesn't sound like he was. In he his died late. at seventy four. Okay, so. Not really. That's I mean, how old my parents are. Yeah, my dad said uh, yeah. Yeah, you don't want him. He don't want to be dated, but um, <laughs> yeah, about the same age. So, so, so it's it's it was a, just a, a terrible thing. And then uh, my uncle, who was very close with, he battled um, uh, Hodgkins for about nine, ten years. His body finally gave out, and then shortly thereafter, a very good friend of ours uh, committed suicide. So it was just a confluence of a all family these family friend, or mm-hmm, like oh, yeah, when in in Boy Scouts. So it was just this crazy confluence of of really awful things happening all within about a year. In a year? In a year. And how and old are you now? I was 14 or 15. That, uh, just, and it was just, I I couldn't understand it. I, I was like, I couldn't grasp like why all this stuff would happen well, to such good people. you could understand it enough. Like if you had been 
five years younger, mm-hmm. it might have been more of a blur. Yeah, when I was a really religious kid too, uh-huh. and so for me, I just I couldn't grasp why you know it seemed like to me God was punishing these really amazing, really good guys. Right. And then later in life, I realized like you you can you can just I mean realize that life is like that. It's not it's not being punished. It's not a judgment. It's just yeah. it's just that's life. You know, right. people people die. It's a terrible thing, but I, but I couldn't quite, handle it at that time. It I, was it was too much. Yeah. I completely understand. Yeah. So many things on that. I, I think whenever we're posting about like Abe, Abe Vigoda was the last person that died. Yeah. And I always oh. have this kind of. I know it's very sad. So I'm, sad. I'm not here to say that none of these things aren't sad. Yeah. But I always there's always something in the back of my mind where we're like, what did we think was going to happen? You know. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. loses in the fourth yeah, quarter. Right. Right. And that and, and I understand that we can mourn it and we can grieve it and, yeah. and we should and that and that's very healthy. But there's always something in the back of my mind that you just helped uh, me articulate a little bit. Well, I think it's just, a, it's, I mean, I, it sounds cliche, but it's a part of life. You know, yeah. death is very much a part of life. And you just, it, if, the more you freak out about it, the more you mourn it or, or, or get concerned about it, the more it's, it's going to bum you out when it happens. And it's, it's just, it really is a part of it. Right. Know? Yeah. And then the, the idea of a God that uh, doesn't allot for suffering. I was just talking about mm, that. Yeah. With, with uh, Rob Bell, we were doing a thing at Largo, and I was talking about how. When I was a kid, I, I would liken favor. It's that Joel Osteen thing. God, thank you for your favor. Where like, <laughs> oh, look. At he's got teeth. great teeth, doesn't he? <laughs> he's got You've great, got great teeth. teeth. Oh, thank you. I got those Osteen. Really? <laughs> I got those Osteen. <laughs> got those sweet, sweet Osteen <laughs> smile. That's nice. <laughs> Is it Osteen or Austin? I can't. I say Osteen. You say Osteen? But I say Phil G, so don't listen to me. <laughs> but the, the idea of like if you are happy and healthy uh-huh. – and kind of killing it, God must like you more. Right. That idea. And then <coughs> the thing that, that's happening more and more now is the uh, any idea of God or divinity or life force, whatever you want to call it, sure. needs to have an allotment, needs to have a category called suffering. Yeah. Must, otherwise, even God's most favored son, Joel Austin. <laughs> Let's say it's Joel. Joel's killing it. He's doing great. Joel is uh, helping people. He's living out his mm-hmm. his path authentically. He's mm-hmm. killing it. He's, yeah. he's probably rich. I'm guessing he's oh, quite he's, rich. He's doing quite well. He's yeah. quite famous. Yeah. He's and I have to think. I'd like to think that old Jolio is fulfilled. Jolio. He's also healthy and happy. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing he seems healthy and happy. So, but then what? J- Joel's going to die. Did God fuck up at the last second? No, but I think <laughs> it's I think like what, God had the egg in his hand and then he dropped it at the last second. What I think Joel is aware of, and I think most people need to make sure they're aware of, is that there's peaks and valleys in every life. And even if it's even if it's you know losing a loved one or or losing your job or, or really just having some bad luck and having like one thing after another befall you, you can't you can't point to anyone or anything and be like, why is this happening? I'm blaming right. the the universe or God. It's like right. no, it's just that's that's a part of it. Well, and it's great. I love that. I love that it's always going to be this up and down thing. You know? I have I have a picture of Ramdas today. We'll put it here just because I brought these CDs for a sauna. Oh. I'm going oh. to <laughs> nice. Is this a, are you are you plugging this? No, no, no. Okay. I'm just showing you. I thought it would be funny to have Rami D looking at us. Nice. Now, now I find it distracting. <laughs> but everybody uh, that listens to this podcast even once knows that my favorite quote of his is about suffering. And okay. he says. Uh, what do we want out of life? We want to uh, increase pleasure and decrease pain. We yeah. want to get high and push away the low. Mm. But then he says, uh, "I'm the opposite. I, I love the suffering." Do you? I I got yeah, kind of. I mean, like I mean, I don't. Well, you I know don't what, seek it out, but I mean, like when it comes, I'm like, yeah, 
Let's let's tell let's, me why. Well, because you learn so much about it. You learn so much of the suffering, and I'm like, yeah. If if there's Buddy, suffering, if there's bad stuff happening, I'm like, bring it on. I love it. The 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 gurus and the and the great ones. Some of them would say that they would pray for suffering, which is mm, really next mm, level stuff. Yeah. But there was something about, and you're an artist, and that suffering. And we love our war stories. All the things that you probably had to do, the sacrifices that you had to make, mm-hmm. the normal life that you had to put on the altar of of acting or whatever it is you'd consider your main craft yeah. and and uh, and now i look back at, at suffering with uh, a great deal of fondness no no fool would ask for it and there's certainly it's very unpleasant going through it but there you were even at that young age and, and having the suicidal thoughts you mm-hmm. were you were being refined in this crazy way that's a that's an interesting way to put it yeah I, I, for me i'm so grateful it sounds funny because people look at me funny when i say this but i'm so grateful that i went through that as a kid mm. because i feel like there you are, got a there, crash course. Crash course, yeah. Right there. And when you when you have to learn uh, or, or at least find a reason to – because there was a point where I said, I don't know what I'm doing on this earth still. I mean I didn't want to – the thing that kept me there was I didn't want to hurt my parents. I didn't want to hurt those around me. I didn't want to cause them suffering. But truly every day was this uphill battle of why am I here? Why mm. I don't know what I'm doing here. And I just wanted to disappear. I wanted to disappear and and disip- and, and like kind of erase my memory from everyone's uh, subconscious, so that mm. no one would have any suffering. But that's impossible, of course. You wanted to flip the switch, the yeah. switch that just makes you vanish and the memory of you vanish. Totally. Yeah. And and the great thing about having that day after day and 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 wanting to end it and everything, when you find a reason to keep living, and when you really find and it's and it has to be a real, legitimately mm. good, you know, honest reason. Once you find that. You're set, I think, for because life. you had you oh, had, I, like we said the crash course. You had, totally you got the taste of what it was like to be completely yeah. despondent. I could be told the most horrific news tomorrow, and I'd say, okay, then I'm going to keep living until I can't live anymore. I'm going right. to until I'm like lost brain function and I'm gone. Like I'm going to keep doing it, and I think everyone should do that. I mean, if if they have a if, even if it's a a dog or 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 someone that you see at the supermarket every day, and there that's a connection. Like yeah, this life is. It's definitely worth living. I yeah. think. I think. Well, let's get to what you discovered. But you're also talking about non-attachment, which is quite lovely. I, and I, I've been talking about this with Valerie. I, I've never had somebody that I love so much. This mm. is my girlfriend. Okay. And then, uh, but I, at the same time, whenever I'm kind of, for lack of a better word, worshiping her, you know, mm. just like really appreciating and loving her and telling her that I love her. There's always I'm always trying in the background like a computer like a program running in the background is the non-attachment program. Very difficult practice. Interesting. Really, really, I, it's icky. I, I don't even like talking about it. But who who else am I going to tell? Yeah. I'll tell you. It's that idea that it's it's like don't don't get uh, mixed up. Don't get mixed up with the form. Don't mix get mixed up with. We're in love together, and it's a beautiful thing, and I love her so much. But I, I can't cling to her mm. because everything's on fire as as the as the buddha would say yeah and clinging is is like the, way a lot buddha, of, buddha, the, the buddha the buddha the buddha the buddha i am not a master at that but i do know that we're all a bunch of fools yeah picking up toys and <laughs> yeah. gathering experiences and taking fucking photographs and video and i'm yeah. i'm as, look at me most of my life is chronicled i'm as guilty i'm more guilty than the next but at the same time, trying to hold on to this idea that it, it is all a cosmic joke. Mm-hmm. It's all not in a the Joker way, like yeah, ah, go and live your stupid lives. It's meaningless. It's not Samuel Beckett. It's exactly yeah, yeah. it's the other side where you're just like, no, it's a dance and it's play yeah. and it's light, and we're in it like a dream, and we can suffer and even observe our suffering and go like, look at that, whoa, like oh, you did like at that. that time. You're just like, holy shit, this is like the confluence of like three incredibly difficult things yeah 
but when we can step outside of it a little bit and go like, you can't cling. I just hear yeah. you not clinging. Uh, you, you have to separate yourself from the expectation of life. And I think, you know, growing up in this in this really lovely suburban bubble, bubble of Littleton, Colorado, I mean, it's a great town. I would never knock it in, at all. And it's sure. a wonderful place to grow up and, and live, too. But go ahead and knock it. <laughs> but I think when you're when – you're, you feel – it's like my, my, my first girlfriend, the best way of putting it, because she, she was going through some stuff, too, and she lost her mom, unfortunately, to cancer. And, and she said, sometimes I feel like people are like snakes. They they go through a molting phase and their skin starts hanging on branches and it, they're they're totally vulnerable and they feel you mm-hmm. know like they they can be attacked at any moment. But that process, which sucks, and it's the sloughing off of the skin. Once it's all gone and that dead skin is away from you, you're like that's that's what it was all about. That's mm-hmm. that's that's you you needed to go through this well, there no- kind of molting phase to mm-hmm. to get over this and realize. Maybe you're not right for this environment, but there's another environment that's much more suited to you and your aesthetic. Mm. And you can't you can't think that your happiness is always going to be predicated on your environment or or who you're surrounding yourself with. Sometimes you have to make your own happiness, mm. and I think that, that was the the big lesson there. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah, all the time, exactly, yeah, yeah. But there are no movies or TV shows or anything or books, good books that are about no conflict, about nothing uh-huh. bad happening. And I get, I'm thinking of this isn't Ramdas, but some, I forget he said it. But he was quoting somebody. He's talking about love being for your warmth, like a fire. He's like for your warmth, but it's also mm. for your pruning. He's like it's this also this clipping, like I said earlier, refining thing yeah. that is trying to shake your tree. That's really trying to take you wow. from where you are to where you're supposed to be. And when we don't listen, I'd like to think it has some reason to it. I'm afraid it might not. Yeah. Uh, but it's like when we won't listen, when we're stubborn, like me. I was in such an ideology and I was in such a place and, and I was really going to stay on those train tracks for the rest of my life. And I would have wow. lived a life that wasn't as authentic as I think I'm living now. And then a divorce knocked me. Literally, how do you get a train off those tracks without th- those cool switchy switch things? <laughs> right. You knock it off and, yeah. and it's going to spin and it's going to tumble. I saw Ant-Man. I know. <laughs> what did you think? I liked it. I liked it all right. Sorry, yeah. That was a terrible segue. <laughs> Keep going. This is a beautiful thought. I no, you made I me just, think. I was just, just thinking of the little ant guy that threw uh, off the train. I, I anyway. it was really funny. No, please. <laughs> just... two, two sets of tracks up a hill. The, the one I'm on is up a hill, and then you knock it, and it rolls, and it looks like I'm going to die, and it's horrible, and I land on the tracks below, oh. and those were the tracks I was supposed to be on. We're, just, cool. we're just talking in pictures. A lot of metaphors. Now. I like it. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, Sure. Painting a real interesting so picture. So what was the meaning that you found, which is a pretty hard question? I think it was going back to what you just said, which is that it's it's kind of an absurd life, right? Yeah. Well, all of us have this very absurd life. Uh, a, a year and a half ago, I was ready to kind of pack it all up and say, I'm done, with done I'm, or at least indefinitely. For a while, I was going to take yeah. a break. I was going to move to New York. I was going to pursue writing and, and photography and art, which I also love doing, and and just say, I, it, it's just not happening. I'm not mad at it. I'm mm. not I'm not angry at my you know luck. It's just it's not happening. Right, and I'm and I'm not happy here. And mm. and I think that this town works when you're when you've got you know a great friends. It's very important first and foremost. Good team. Yeah, I don't mean yeah. management. I, yeah. I, I keep thinking about this. People are like, how do you try and stay grounded mm-hmm. in this horrible weird place? This, yeah. this cacophony of bullshit. Right. Which I actually am quite fond of L.A. But come on, everywhere you look is a is a, you want to get mythic is another sure. goblin or some sort yeah. of thief or strange dwarf with mm-hmm. an axe. But he says it's a script. Ah! Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Look at it. Ah. <laughs> You can help me get to the next realm. Ah! Ah! 
He just wants you to help him get to the next room. Exactly. That's perfect. That is perfect. But then you can find your elves and your Aragorns yeah. and, and uh, build a nice little team around you. Yeah. To, to keep you wholesome. I, I don't mean to help you get ahead. Right. I mean to help you remember what's important in life. And who you are. And who you are. Yeah. Oh, get some good mirrors around you. Yeah. Hit it. There you go. Boom. Oh, that was elbow to, Look at my elbow. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we both knew the elbow trick, yet we were missing. We're terrible. So you, were, I'm very interested in the in the quitting. I actually look before you oh, got yeah. here. I wrote down quit because oh. we'll get to that. Oh, great! But um, what what else was the meaning thing? I don't want to rob us. Oh, just that, just that. Uh, you know, oh, the the embracing of the of the joke and the dance and the lightness of it. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think you know, it's 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 it is such a, a wonderful thing to be alive, but it's also kind of a strange, awful, weird, twisted thing to be alive too. Yeah. Especially if you feel if you if you if you're engaged in your life, Funny. you're if you're the slightest bit sensitive to to life and what happens on a daily basis. There's there's you know stimulation on every corner, and yeah. it and it can overwhelm you. Yeah. Too much. Uh, too much, yeah. I, you know, I was just, we just had this uh, wonderful fellow named Lama Suryadas. He's a Lama. Mm. And uh, we were talking about boxing. When I watch a boxing match, uh, like I watch the movie Ali, which is my favorite boxing movie because it's the only boxing movie that isn't about like. Not Rocky IV? Oh, <laughs> that's my favorite. Is it? Yeah. Is that great? Okay, are you kidding me? Dolph I Lundgren? Know, I don't know if I've seen oh. it. Ivan Drago? I don't think I've seen oh, it. Oh, man, it's the best. I'll check it out. Sorry. But, but yeah. every other boxing movie other than Ali is about. Train me, no. Train me, yes. <laughs> I win. I'm glad I trained you. Yeah. I'm glad you trained <laughs> right. me. Yeah, yeah. That's every boxing movie. And then Ali is the only one that's like 12% boxing. Okay. But anyway, the part that is boxing, you'll watch it, and this is kind of about your life, about like there's two things happening at the same time. I'm uh-huh. kind of losing my thought, but let's see if it comes back. Meaning, I'm rooting for Ali, and I'm like, look how fast and awesome he is, and I'm also, my heart is breaking for the guy who's getting his face mm, punched in. Interesting. And people like like the movie Up. Oh my God, what a life-affirming, colorful, yeah. beautiful journey for an old man finding a friend. Starts with a miscarriage oh, and then a death. Amazing. But that's, what what is it in a, we're, we're all walking around, again, gathering toys and acting like none of that happens. Yeah. And true happiness, what am I preaching? But true happiness this. is the inclusion of suffering. Yeah. Is saying is making room for it, not putting the blinders on and saying, yeah. as long as we're you're on TV, you must be killing it. Yeah. Oh, great. We're all suffering. And I'll, as Rob Bell says, you should suffer for something you love. There's an entrepreneurial uh, uh, kind of um, inspirational talker I saw yesterday, Alex Schaffron, and he said w- w- entrepreneurial types look for the opportunity in suffering and sadness. Mm. And I love that. It's just like this constant fight against the 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 depression and this the the, the slowness and mm-hmm. how how we, angsty we can get when there's mm-hmm. things aren't going our way and oh, I'm gonna get down no right no just force force yourself through it that's right find a different way go a different route right. and then sometimes when you do that energetically what happens is people see that in you they're like oh you're not you don't seem as depressed about your failed acting career or whatever and like right. yeah I don't I'm not I don't care anymore right I don't care yeah. and I'll, I'll, like the first the, the 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 when I went in for Walking Dead this last time I read for it a few times. But this last time I went in, I can honestly say it was the only time in my life where I wasn't connected to the outcome. I didn't, ah, and, I, and I've said in the past, like dispassionate, totally dispassionate. I mean, I, I still did the work. I worked on it. You know, I got everything. But when I went into it, I said, I don't. I don't you really weren't care. trying. You were being. Trying. Yeah. You were just doing it. 
And it felt great. And you weren't there. Yeah, I was not there. You're right. <laughs> I was totally gone. I was, I was like, I'm in New York already. That's the no I'm already that, looking to New York, and that's going to be great. How many stories of actors about to quit that went in and I, – I always yeah. – I very rarely audition for things, but when I do – even if I do really care, I try and act like I don't care uh-huh. because it helps. Not in the not preparing way. That's the it's a bell curve. Yeah, you can have too much not caring. Yeah, and then you, you can have too much caring, and either way, you're at the bottom. Yeah. But yeah. in the middle is that sweet spot of like, I'm just going to do it what it is that I do. I'm going to trust my instincts. I'm going to try and have the no mind thing, mm-hmm. and and just be just be the guy auditioning yeah. and relax. Yeah, and people pick up on that. I think. I think so. Even if it's not magical, I'm just saying they they can see it physiologically in, in your performance. Yep. yep. How many stories? I mean, a million. A million. There's at least. so many stories like so that. many stories. I was going to move back. I was living in my car. Seven were working out, and I finally just said, "Oh, screw it. I'm going to move back." And then, yeah. like, we want you. Yeah. What? Yeah. You know, nobody likes trying. <laughs> Nobody likes trying. They don't. We are so turned off by trying. Yeah. Trying is the guy with the note cards fumbling. Yeah. Who, instead of acknowledge, he's giving a lecture and, and instead of acknowledging a door slamming or a book dropping, sweats yeah. and, and cra- grasps at his cards and adjusts his glasses and wipes his sweat. You know what that I mean? was me for years. That's, that's all of us. The social anxiety, just crippling social anxiety. And yeah. I still have a little residual crap just lingering. But, sure. but the more you realize it's, it's just a ridiculous game, this life. That's it really right. is. The that's more it. you remember that it's like, oh, it's, it's, not, it's not meant to be trifled with. You don't, 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 don't act like it's not you a gift. You can respect it like the ocean. Yeah. Respect right, the ocean. Right. But you can also play in the ocean. Exactly. Oh. I like that. Look at oh yeah we're getting better at these <laughs> iPods. You sounded like you're Justin Timberlake. Say oh, yeah. oh don't do it because I said it, but you kind of slipped into it. Uh, great impression video by the oh, way. Oh thank I you, love thank it. you. I love, we can talk about impressions later. I appreciate it. I was watching. This isn't morning radio, so do your Justin. <laughs> uh, so I was. I did this talk with Rob, Rob Bell. Uh, I was just a guest, and we came and we're talking about life and kind of mm-hmm. what we're talking about now. And there was a woman who asked about – she was an actress, uh-huh. as she is an actress, and she asked about quitting. And I uh, really didn't answer the question very well because I didn't know what to say. She asked – her question was, have you ever thought about quitting? Was there any point in your life that you were like, this isn't working? Yeah. And the answer is no because uh, I was always doing stand-up and stand-up is there. There are no open mics for acting. And, yeah. you know, you can do a web series. She even mentioned that. She's like, I've done the web series thing. Like I've created my own stuff. But at a certain point, when do you throw in the towel? What I wish I had said was, you'll know. Yeah. That's my answer. Yeah. You'll know. You will know. I can't tell you, but mm-hmm. you'll know. And I can throw in a little dash of, like, don't give up. It's nice hearing stories about people that are <laughs> – but then what, what do you have to say? Here I am. Yeah, I, say, I say give up if you really want to give up. <laughs> no, I really do. I really do. If that's if that's what's co- coming, like if that's the voice that keeps coming back to you over and over again, yeah. give up, just give up. It's not working. It's not working. And you feel like you'd be happier doing something else. Do something else. Yeah. I I didn't say I'm never going to act again. I just said this isn't working it's right to now. Take a beat. I love I love art and photography and writing, and no one needs to give me a permission slip to do that. Yeah. Well, I can do that anywhere. You're correct in that one. You know. And for me, it was the same thing with stand up. For you, is like right. I knew that I love New York. I knew that I had a great group of friends out there, and I knew that I felt alive every time I went there. This is why I see John Stewart at the cellar. He stops doing the Daily Show. All right, I, he can still get his fix. Yeah, and I don't mean to degrade it by liking it to a drug, but you do get a high from it. You get you yeah. get fulfilled from it. Let's say that that's better. You get that fulfillment, mm-hmm. and you still have that, and those are popping up everywhere. But you're right there. I think there's something to be said concurrent. Oh, it's Ali and the guy getting punched. <laughs> it's believing in yourself. Yeah. 
okay? But it's also believing in your intuition. And those two things are strange. And your intuition might know it's time to stop maybe this, I don't know, acting, man. Yeah. I've said it many times on the show. It's a lot of waiting for the phone during yep. – it's, it's very disempowered. And then the craft, if you'll allow me – I'm not that much of an actor, but if you'll allow me. I will allow it. <laughs> the craft is a very confident thing. Yeah. Even if you're playing a meek person, yeah. the thing that blew my mind because I just did this pilot was uh, was that nobody tells you what to do. That seems so obvious. Mm. But then when I, on the day I was like, it's kind of weird that no one's telling me what to do. Yeah. You kind of think that the, the, direct, uh, the director will tell you exactly what to do. Like maybe you should like slow down or wipe your nose or like <laughs> or, or have more confidence or have less confidence or be more vulnerable or be less vulnerable. Sh- sure. They'll give you some direction, but nobody's telling you to – like there was a scene that we shot where I grabbed a pillow and covered my face and got under the bed. Nobody told me to do that. So that's a what? That's a confident yeah, thing. Yeah. But the actor is constantly getting body blows. The phone's not ringing. The agent is ignoring. Yeah. These you know suits and scumbags that don't nece- – not that they're all scumbags – that don't necessarily care about you because you are not a proven well and you do not produce oil and you do not get anyone paid or laid. Yeah. So <laughs> – they leave you alone. What is happening? It's the oil man. It's a, it's, there'll be blood reference. I'm, I'm liking it. I'm like, I'm Daniel Plain. Well, that is that's, that's it. Very, that's that's it. Like, I, yes, I'm never, an oil man. I've never had anyone get you laid. <laughs> this is my son and business partner HW. But that idea of uh, the loneliness and the seclusion and the unworthiness yeah. and the unlovedness. Yeah. And then you're supposed to go into an audition and kill it with your mm-hmm. big old swinging dick. <laughs> All week you've been waiting. You're supposed to walk into that audition yeah. as if it's the third audition you had that day when really you're hoping that you book this fucking shitty mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A commercial because you need more <laughs> SpaghettiOs. But the part is like <laughs> Daniel Plainview type. So yeah. you have to be big and bold and fill the room. Yeah. What a racket, man. It's terrible. It's And that's, <laughs> a, and that's why I say – if you're passionate about something else, or you're you're passionate about living a, a happier life, or or like you you want a life of, I want to be able to not worry about rent every month, and I want to be you know able to pay for insurance and have that covered. If you're not super super passionate about it, like it doesn't keep you up at night, and this is done the thing that like you have to have to do, then don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Because you're going to make yourself miserable, and you're going to take everyone else's time, and they're going to say, ah, oh, these actors, they're not. I, per- sorry, you know? no, no, it's just yeah. You're going to feel despondent. I, I cut you off. But I really think a good question to ask, and it seems like you've asked yourself this, is why do I want to be an actor? Right. I really think any sort of introspection is going to be valuable. Mm. And when you said – I'm going to put this in your, in your mouth as if – oh, God. <laughs> mm. I'm going to put my dick I in your mouth. You. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man, but you know. It uh, happens. The, I, <laughs> it happens. That's the best thing to say after a casual, non-discussed blowjob. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> The idea of – and I lost my train of thought. Oh, you were trying to act. Yeah. You weren't getting it. So it seems like – again, I'm putting this on you. You were like, okay, why do I want to act? Oh, you like creating. Uh-huh. That is your duty. Yes. Or as you'd say in the East, your dharma. That is what you – your specific skills, your skill set, your upbringing, your yeah. pain, your suffering, yeah. where you were born, the time you were born, the friends you had, the schooling you had, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Made you into something that you think when you look at that glowing orb, you go, I think this thing wants to create. Yeah. So then you try with acting. Acting is kicking you in the nuts over and over. And you say, okay, let's go back inside. Ask again, why do I want to act? And if you come up with, oh, I'd like to be famous or I want it's fucking Nicole Richie to lick my butthole. <laughs> like, 
I'm talking in a sexual way. Yeah. <laughs> like that she wanted oh. to do it too. <laughs> Is there a non-sexual way? <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a oh, way. You're just like, like if, I want her to lick my, like you're, it's, like, it's like a power thing. Yeah, yeah. Or if someone cut you off and you said, lick my butthole, <laughs> they would know that you didn't mean in like a sexual way. I'm talking like a, you showered, you had dinner, you're a little bit drunk, and she said, I'd really like to lick your butthole. And you're like, yeah, that's secretly what I've been hoping you for. You took her out to time. Nobu. Ah, exactly. You've eaten clean. And then you got that no butt. <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> so if those are the things that are coming up, then yeah, maybe you should uh, think again. Uh, secondly, if, if you're asking yourself, why do you want to act in, and you go, oh, because there's an ache in me to create mm. the art that I'd like to see in the world, yeah. then you say, okay, can we get that with photography? Can we get it with writing? Yeah. And the orb replies, I think so. Yeah. Then you say, well, let's cash out and get the fuck out of this yeah. shallow town. Yeah. At least for a while. Until I regroup and regenerate and right. my, my soul feels good again. And there's also great work in New York, too. So it's kind of like, yeah, right. I'll, I'll do that. Right. I'll go back to the theater, which I love. You right. know, I'll, do, I'll do all these things that are meant to feed my soul because my soul was depleted. You were keeping an eye. Yeah. If it's like Sims, hungry, yes. social, soul. You right. were pl- you were, your soul meter was low. Yeah. And that's part of the job of any artist. Mm-hmm. Keeping a track on Gotta your soul. feed the soul. Yeah. And feeding your brain. Reading, yeah. experiencing, seeing other people's shit to a certain degree. Yeah. So you're fed. And I, I hear that you were still very much into acting. And then, oh, yeah. and then but you let go a little bit. Realize that this thing, this orb, which is just your drive and your creativity, was acting through you and you kind of got out of the way, wouldn't yeah. you say? Oh, yeah. And then you auditioned for a TV show. And people always say that the phrase, you know, that, uh, you know, you just got to get out of your own way. And you hear that over again. You're like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? And, you don't, and, and I don't think there's any way to teach someone that. They, they try to teach you that, to teach the dispassionate like, approach of going yeah. into something. And you're like, don't care about the outcome. Just have fun and play. Right. Well, when you're, when you, like you said, when you're thousands of dollars in debt you can't have anything more than spaghettios for dinner right. every night of the week right and you're i mean shopping at the 99 cent store every week mm. budgeting 12 dollars a week maybe 13 dollars if i was having a really good week mm. but that was my life for eight and a half years holy you know, it's shit like, dick that sucks that yeah. sucks it's a suck it's it's not the worst life in the world there's a lot of, i'm very fortunate you know we, we were all very fortunate and, but, but but if we could have airlifted you I always have these airlift fantasies. If we could have airlifted you, at I have time. airwolf fantasies. I, lo- I love Airwolf. What's That's Airwolf? My... You don't know what Airwolf was? Is it in Rocky IV? No, Airwolf was this great show in the 80s. The best theme song. Oh my gosh, you don't know Airwolf? I know the city of gold. What did you do during the 80s? I just jerked it. I jerked so Jake and the Fat Man? Didn't watch it. You're younger than I am, aren't you? Dallas, maybe. I don't know. Are you one of those? What? Will you say how old you are? Yeah. I'm th- are you one of those? Are you one of those? Are you one of those people that doesn't lie about their age? Sure. I'm 34. Yeah, you're younger than I am. Okay. I'm 36. Okay. So how is it that uh, you know these things? I don't know. Because those are older. Those seem well, like you just... my brother might know Jake and this fat man you speak of. <laughs> I know Greatest American is. Hero? I didn't watch that. Come on. I was watching cartoonies. Hunter? Yeah. These are live action things. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Yeah. You watching wrestling? Uh Interesting. What really my thing? Because live action shows like yeah. that just turned me off in general. And that was one of those things that kept me away from wrestling. I was like, I don't want to watch a guy in his 40s sweating, yeah. throwing another man. I did watch Glow. Although I did. The Glorious Ladies of Wrestling. Did you ever watch that? No. It was short-lived. And it was kind of, it was a few of the guys from WWF, they, they went off and did Glow. And there was 
the glorious ladies of wrestling as it yeah said and and i just wanted to reiterate that because i love the acronym it's a great yeah no glow i mean it's incredible when we made the word glow (laughs) someone was like at some point (laughs) it's gonna be a really this is gonna be a great acronym (laughs) and it was just the best i mean they they were the most outlandish personalities and they were really good wrestlers too the ladies yeah yeah sounds like something i would have tried to masturbate to okay (laughs) and then they'd cut to the ref i'd be like oh come on i was always univision myself what's that univision was always my jam who dat uh, just Spanish TV. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Anywho, you were talking about airlifting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, if I could airlift you from that yeah. time in your life. Sure. I, figure skating was mine. If I, <laughs> if I could airlift you out and uh, take that guy who's eating at the 99 cent store for all yeah. those years. Yeah. Take you to this weird island. <laughs> I like the idea of eating at the 99 cent store. Like it's a dining uh, establishment. <laughs> like, what do you, what do you tip here? <laughs> The bill is $3. Everything's a dollar. Everything's a dollar. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's included. <laughs> it's included. That's a 100% markup. <laughs> if, I could, <laughs> if I could take you from that time. So yeah. here you are, downtrodden, malnourished, certainly. Definitely, yeah. Uh, and low, lonely, low and lonely. Yeah. Living in and MacArthur it, Park. If we could grab you, MacArthur mm-hmm. Park, and then take you to this mythical island and, mm-hmm. uh, and feed you nutritious food and get you sun, and then every night we have like uh, theater that you can kill and everyone loves you and we just big you up. And, like, literally, it's just a, a utopia. And then get you back, you're going to have some better auditions when you get back. You know what I mean? The, the exercise and food alone yeah. would get you to a better place. Right, wouldn't right. you say? Oh, absolutely. Brad Pitt, who's not auditioning for things anymore. Right. But who is? Who's in that world? that I, we, I won't know them. But, you know, <laughs> they're probably well-rested, well-fed. Sure. And they're not playing with scared money. Yeah. So they're going to play better poker. Yeah. And then it, mixing metaphors. I so like, No, it's good. All right. So, But you didn't quit. And it, that must feel nice. Gary Busey, who I love, has this great saying. I love, I love him so much. Oh, I love him. So. <laughs> His Buseyisms are incredible. But he says, championships are won on empty stomachs. And I love that. It's a brilliant thing. Championships are won on empty <laughs> stomachs. That's a great impression. It's, I didn't but, see it coming. But it's like, what a great... Yeah. You know, what a great thing. is! I mean, it's perfect. Well, if you watch the uh, movie Funny People, Adam Sandler's character, who's the rich, famous comedian, uh-huh. says to Seth Rogen's character, who's the young, starving comedian, that it's good to be broke yeah. because it'll make you work harder. Definitely. And, and you can even sometimes hear the yearning in some of the more established guys uh, for yeah. those times because – the good thing about stand-up is bombing is so painful, it keeps the fire burning all the time. Yeah. Where it, So you never really get complacent. And honestly, everybody has that little fire, no matter what level you get to, I think. But when you're young, boy, it's like a bonfire, and you're just like, yeah. I have to prove myself. Yeah. You're like doing bits. Is there an actor equivalent of doing bits? Do you ever like – would you ever like try and pretend you were – Feeling a certain way just to see if you could get someone. I, at a, at a, at a, this was just a suggestion from a friend. I, for a while, like and it was just like maybe like a month. I did this, but it was a dumb idea, and mm. it was just like because he was an Aussie and he was having a lot of success going into these auditions because he gra- he nailed a great American accent. He'd go in there and he need you know you know say hey what's up I'm so and so and this is I'm from I'm from Sydney Australia and and uh, he's my bit. And then he'd do an amazing American thing. And then they'd be and he's, so impressed. Uh, yeah. They're like, he's so great. He's, so, he's such a chameleon. And he said, why don't you come in as like a Brit and come in as a Brit? And be like, yeah, yeah, so great. No, I'm from London. Yeah, it's great. So my name's Ross and uh, I'm going to do a little bit from you. Uh, this is from uh, little people, little women. I don't know. <laughs> and, and it worked. 
Of for course a while. it worked. And then and then finally, like after a while, people would call me. Like, so so what part of London? Because actually, uh, our DP is from London. We're like, Gah! oh you know, my god. Then you just look like an asshole. And and so for me, it's at yeah. a certain point like. That was the, the that was the desperate, really, really broke, thin months for for. for what did it work for? Uh, what did, it, did you get like a oh, job? Yeah, student films, and then and, you, but then you'd <laughs> right. have to be in the student film and be like, eh, "Cheers, mate." Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. And after a while, I'd be like, "I got to level with you guys." I mean, I, no, no, it's no big deal because it's like for for CSUN, you know? Right, 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 right. Who cares? But uh, it's like you could yeah. always blame it on a role. Yeah, I was preparing for a role. Yeah. And I had to be British. California State Northridge. I don't. I don't think they're gonna be too upset when they learned. It was like, oh wait a minute, that guy was lying to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get a part. Isn't that funny? How yeah. you can trick people into being impressed that you're just being you. Yeah. Because you just being you is actually impressive, but we're just so used to it. And if you have social, <laughs> yeah, if you have social anxiety, like I like I do. And what does that look like? <laughs> I, I, I tweeted once that my anxiety sounds like a Dave Matthews jam session. <laughs> There's just like a million instruments, and it's like dun, 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 dun. that's what anxiety feels like. Like you were at a party and it's very chill, but in my mind, DM is taking another solo. Yeah, yeah, DM. I love it. It's funny because like I'll talk to people. I was at a party last night with my my, my buddy Brian. It's a birthday party, and and I've I've known these guys for years. I know yeah. all these guys. They know me. They're happy to see me. Yeah. There's nothing like, hey Ross, good to see you. Yeah, glad you're here. It was nothing antagonistic yeah. about any of these people. But yeah. but when I got to to the party, I was like, "Where's the food? Oh, there's a, okay. I'll get a beverage now. Yeah. And then, uh, where's the bathroom? Uh, yep. You know, it's it's it happens. It's a weird thing. Oh God, the unnecessary number two is the friend of the anxious everywhere. <laughs> right. You're just like, I'm going to go sit on a toilet for a while because <laughs> I uh, I'm dying inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I'm where you're at. Where I went to a thing last night, and in the green room, it was even a green room, but it was a very social green room, and it was oh. kind of packed. There's all these people that I knew yeah. and like kind of wanted to talk to. And I'm just kind of like, but at the same time, I can't wait to get out of here. Yeah. It's keeping plates spinning. Don't, don't you see? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel that way right now. Mm -hmm. This is very comfortable for me. I've kind of carved out this little corner of nice. So like, this is ideal for me. Yeah. I can hear you so well. Really, me too. It's quiet in yeah, here. Yeah. It's safe. It's yeah. good. But anywhere else, we're kind of like making a million choices and then, like, it's not just small talk. It's anything. It's like, so, well, uh, how'd you get in? Uh, I took cold water. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? I only want to, like, really. Hey, where'd you park, bro? <laughs> oh, I got great street parking. Oh, you did Valley? I can't do it. I can't do it. It's 15 bucks. You kidding me? Plus tip? Are you joking? I can't do it anymore. Anyway, so how are you, bro? It's I, like, and, uh, uh, and you're thinking about something else. Like you're either thinking about where where's my girlfriend. You're thinking when am I going on or mm -hmm. whatever it is. I wonder with where's my girlfriend because I feel like that's something you would think at a party. I haven't been to a party in 12 years. Wow. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, your anxiety got better. Well, yeah. But did you ever read the love song of J. Alfred Proofrock by T. S. Eliot? No. That's a, that's that for me. That is like the the social anxiety guy's guide to like that. That he 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 says it so beautifully. Really, it's 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 brilliant. It's about this guy who's basically like kind of what's it called? Because it sounded like a Roald Dahl book. It was uh, yeah. so long. <laughs> it's 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 one of my favorite poems. The love song of J. Alfred Proofrock. The love song of J. Alfred Proofrock. Of J. Alfred Proofrock, and it's and it's <laughs> that was like a bit. Proofrock. Proof like, I don't get it. The love song of J. Alfred Proofrock. Of J. Alfred Proofrock. 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 Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock. <laughs> Down to Proofrock. Oh, so you do know Fraggle Rock. That's great. Okay. Yeah, no people. No people. I don't want to see moving flesh and blood. Do, okay. I want pretend time on Saturdays. All right. 
Jake and your fat man. I don't want to see somebody who pays taxes smoking a cigar solving a mystery. Oh, what about the Father Dowling mysteries? No. Not even that? I want to see... Tom Bosley? Street Frogs? Is it Bosley or Bosworth? Bosley. Osteen. (laughs) Every part of the buffalo, Ross. Every part. Every part. So what... Okay, so tell me about... Spirit. (laughs) Sorry. Have you listened to this podcast? I have. Because yeah. that's a voice I love well, to do, but I always feel guilty about it. And I always say the great spirit. And then we do the Native American who's yeah. just fucking with you, which is very much inspired, I want to say, by Thomas Middleditch. We used to do it together. Oh, that's great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Uh, well, we were talking about anxiety and, and proofreading. Oh, yeah, yeah. So proofreading. I mean, I just said, go on. Go on. You remember what we're talking about. <laughs> from five minutes ago. Don't worry. It's <clears throat> my job, baby. <laughs> Proof Rock was just this guy who kind of lived in the shadows. I mean, he he, he was he was a tourist in his own life. He kind of you know like like uh, being a John Malkovich. Tourist in his own life. Yeah, he was just like Can we just pause for that. You know, like he's like great. he's like oh, I'm just checking things out. I don't really know. You know, it's it's like I'm not really here. I'm just observing. It's like it's like mm. you know uh, Virgil and Dante's Inferno. It's like mm. I'm I'm here, but I'm not really of this world. I'm just here to check it out. Wow. You know, and it's it's beautifully written. That's actually something that happens to people. I, the first time I smoked pot, I, I didn't, it didn't uh, agree with me. Mm. In the big scope, I enjoyed it when I was on it. You know, you're laughing. You guys had a disagreement. We had a disagreement. About, were you guys talking about uh, politics? What was it? Yeah, he was. What yeah. do you mean, pot? Pot's into Trump. You wouldn't believe <laughs> oh, yeah. it. Especially since I, the first big time fan. I smoked, it was 2007. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I remember in all my... Uh, proof rock kind of paranoia. I, I googled what could happen. You can have this one, by the way. Thank you. If uh, if when pot goes wrong, mm. when animals attack. <laughs> I was going to say, going to say. <laughs> I looked it up, and one of the things is called depersonalization. I don't want to freak anyone who's high and listening right now. Oh wow! It, it, I it's, do. It's I a, wanted. That's all I want to do. I want to mess with people who are listening to this podcast. Hey, Stan. <laughs> hey, Stan of Poughkeepsie, New York. What's up, bro? If there is, and a he's like, oh my god. They <laughs> Turn over dark side of the moon, baby. <laughs> right. There's music. And I know some music. Mm-hmm. I actually was just thinking <laughs> next music. time I want to take uh, psychedelics and listen to something from that, t- like Dark Side of the Moon. Mm. I've never done that. Mm. And think of how many millions of people did that. Y- yeah. And those records still exist, and these yeah. dr- drugs still exist. And they I'm do. Like, why don't I do that? I'm going to do that. I'm convinced that there's secret messages in Casey Kasem's uh, recordings. Really? Of the top 40. Yes. What? I believe he might have been on that next tip. A Satan worshiper? Maybe. I don't know. Coming up next. He's, <laughs> he's like, this one's going out to a special lady in Poughkeepsie, New York. Stan. She writes. <laughs> Stan. Stan's girlfriend. Stan's girlfriend writes. And I, it's, there's something what about the it? timber of his voice. I'm like, there's messages in, hidden in there. I'm, I'm convinced. Uh, oh, that there's so you messages. can't hear them necessarily. No, but and I think it's not if like we, every other word. I challenge whoever's listening to this yeah. to to get some old, you know, top forty play recordings and play it backwards. Slow it down to to an obscenely low RPM and play it backwards. And let's see what uh, Casey Kasem has to tell us from the other the other realm because he's been there. He's been there. I'm sack. I'm not even saying. I'm not saying Satanist. I'm saying Yay-sack. like there's 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 some special messages in there. I'm there's sack. Yay sack is Casey Kasem backwards. What what what? I'm sack. Yay sack. Did you just figure that out, or did you know that? I did, player. Just figure it out. Because I did would have answered either of those questions. I should be more clear. <laughs> That's why if you saw me kind of be somewhere else, yeah, I, I, I trying I desperately it. to figure out. I don't even know if I'm right, but let's stop thinking <laughs> let's about go, it. Yeah, let's go with it. Um, yeah, no, those old ra- records. And uh, our friend Lauren told me that you do psychedelics. Uh, yeah. Or you have. 
I've, I've. I'm not. Why, this isn't. What, yeah. Where do you think you are? <laughs> Although I guess you do have to be uh, delicate with your persona. But if, if we say something you want out, we can take it out. But I, I enjoy them. It's, and she said that uh, I could ask you about that. I'm fascinated by them. Yeah, I'm fascinated by, by like that's responsible, responsible usage of 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 them and when it's used for 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 the betterment of your own brain and mankind in general. Are you lifting from a John F. Kennedy speech right now? Yeah, yeah. For the betterment of, all, the betterment of, of uh, all, all mankind. All, uh, that's really that's good. I know, that's uh, really good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> the torch has been passed. Whoa! <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> Me and my dad say that to each other. Oh, thanks. I didn't even know that was really an wow. impression. That's really good. We say that to each other, but I think we say our version of that speech, but it has betterment. Our version. <laughs> our <good>. version. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> Wait, are you from? Yeah, I am from Boston. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Well, I have a little little homeschool advantage. You look a little bit like Tom Brady. I gotta say, has Do anyone I? ever told you that? If I gave a shit about football, that's not true. First, no, it, it it is actually. No, just, you could be Tom Brady with a fella. No, no, no. You're fucking with a fella. I'm not fucking with a fella. I don't really. He's so look, chiseled. He looks like Easter Island. Yeah, I'm not saying you look like a carbon copy okay, of him. Okay, but I have a hint of it. You have a hint. You have I'm a, Tom there's Brady's a, there's less a, attractive brother. I mean, I'll take it. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell my dad. I have my own uh, show on yep. HBO coming out. I had a talk show. Yep. Uh, all the I was on uh, Conan. Uh, but my dad, if I say that you told me that I look like Tom Brady, he'll go. Yep. I'm so proud of you. You look. <laughs> you, you finally made me proud, you son of a bitch. I do want to say my dad is proud of me. I'm just kidding. It's good. Um, oh, second out. You know, it's funny. Terrence McKenna. Do you know him? I know uh, Terrence Knight. No. no. no, no <laughs> you found a Terrence you knew. I'm impressed. Terry from Pee Wee's Playhouse. I knew Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam? The director. Terry Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Terry Gilliam Jacobs. You know Terry Gilliam? No? Uh, yeah, sure. I Monty do. Python? I'm, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm familiar. Mm-hmm. I think I just saw a flame. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. oh what? Uh, no. <laughs> I was having flashbacks. Don't worry about it. Oh, speaking <laughs> of psych- psychedelics. Yeah, yeah. Goes back to psychedelics. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he, Terrence talks to McKenna. Talks about a life unregulated by psychedelics and he thinks that's one of the reasons why we get away from ourselves and commit mm. atrocities is because we're not checking in with the inner world and he thinks the, the one of the most certainly the most foolproof way to force yourself in is to is to take a substance that makes you do that so what's really hot right now and a lot of ceos especially in startups in on the you know west coast and people who are a little bit more out there and open it out of the box thinking if you will yeah they're doing microdosing. you know about this uh, I do know what microdosing is, but so yeah, I mean, it's tell just me what taking, that means to these people. Taking very small trace amounts of of, of mushrooms, uh, psilocybin. Yeah, how do you say psilocybin? It? Psilocybin. 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 Uh, for the betterment of our company, <laughs> not to be confused with Fe- Regis Philbin. Ah, Regis Philbin on psilocybin. <laughs> That's a good. Oh, <laughs> Kelly, this is amazing. Everything is one. This is a, it doesn't even, it's not even a good impression, but it's fun to do. It's good. Unexcused. <laughs> no, Britney Spears is here. Whoa, who cares? We're all the same. Everything loves you. <laughs> we'll be right back. Whoa. Regis Philbin on Psilocybin. Oh, uh, that's okay, a good I'm one. I'm sorry. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> so, Micro, they're, they're taking a little dose at work. My, yeah, exactly. And mm. they're going about their day. They're going to conferences. They're going to speak at, you know, huge conventions with like thousands of people listening, paying money to hear them speak. Yeah. And they'll say, I am actually on. I'm, I'm microdosing right now. They did TED Talks on this too. It's like people are like, they found, they, and it's not for they everybody. They did TED Talks on microdosing? Yeah. 
Well, guess what else I'm writing down? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a new <laughs> thing, man. It's a real new thing. It's a new thing, man. Uh, it's it's interesting. I I don't know. Well, I was just talking to Duncan Trussell, who we tried to call earlier about taking tiny amounts of uh, LSD as well. Mm, like mm-hmm. you get a little tab. I've never done LSD. I've never done it either. A little tab of it, yeah. and you just tear the corner off. Not even a fourth of it. Okay. A tiny amount, and just kind of. And I, I was with someone who was microdosing once, mm. and they seemed. Completely normal. Wow. And I was like, I was like, what, what's going on? It's not like a drug thing. It's just, she yeah. was like, well, the sunset is like 30, 13% more beautiful. I'd say that. Yeah. But she was talking to me. She knew who she was and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Well, Limitless, you know, this, this movie, yes. right? You saw it with B Coops. Um, Big Coops. Big Coops. Big Coops. Um, love that movie. And for, for, I, mean, I like it too. It's a great movie, but it's you know it's 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 wonderful because there are these drugs like Accelerol and like uh, Provigil and everything that are kind of meant ostensibly to not not ostensibly ostensibly. <laughs> I'm microdosing right now, <laughs> Joel ostensibly. <laughs> uh, I like doing that voice, Joel ostensibly. Um, and it's 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 the guy Snagglepuss. from Snagglepuss. Yeah, Snagglepuss. Yeah. or uh, Paul Lind. It's the same. Oh, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and. And uh, you know, it's it, there's there's these performance enhancing, mental clarity enhancing drugs on the market that right. are you can get some without a, on Amazon, some without a prescription. You and can Accelerol, yeah, absolutely. Accelerol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna look into it. I'm not gonna take that or say that I'm no. Going. Uh, Acceler- I just want to read the reviews. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like, I've never done more in my life. Wow. that's so yeah but i do think there's something interesting to uh all of these things unlocking a uh hidden potentiality in the human mind also i I heard this i yeah please it's very toasty up here uh i heard about i forget what show i wish i could plug the podcast it was on but let's say it was this american life i don't know going back to ira glass yeah but he was talking about uh there's electrical charges that you give certain parts of your brain. Literally, you can make this for $10. You buy a battery. It's very dangerous. I don't recommend it. Whoa. And you, you put it on certain what? nodes, like on your, on your head, and you shock yourself. Here's what's crazy. The Army's doing it. We're all into it. And if you do it by a professional, they had this woman go into the simulation, uh, and they gave her a, a machine gun, that you know, a light gun. And she, they had to play this very, very, very realistic war game. Whoa. And the first time she played, she has no war experience or combat experience. <clears throat> and uh, she did terribly, obviously. She wow. shot like three people and there were 50 people. And oh. she kept getting shot and all this stuff. And then they gave it to her again after shocking her. And she, her hit rate was like through the roof. She, killed, she got everybody. And like, you understand. And she thought that it was the same program. She noticed nothing different. Except it seemed slower. She thought they had made it easier. They were like, oh, they let me do it again, but they put it on easy. And she did it, and she That's scored 100 out of 100. Incredible. Because electricity <laughs> went through your brain, which I'm not a neuroscientist, but the idea that your brain is electricity, it's working with electricity, and you juice it in this manner. You're not a neuroscientist? I was told that you that, – that, why, why is that brain over the – I thought this – That's Mars Attacks. Oh, it was Mars Attacks. Yeah, Great. Yeah. Yeah. You salty dog. <laughs> Love that movie. you seen that movie, yeah? I didn't care for it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I saw it when I was like 12. Jack Nicholson's finest. But he's in it for like five seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the president and he's the crazy like space cadet guy. I don't remember. Okay. I remember he dies. Yeah. And I didn't care for that. Way to ruin the movie for everyone who was going to watch Mars Attacks after this podcast. They ruined it for themselves. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a good movie. Tim Burton, please do the podcast. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was great. I, I get what you're doing. Really love Planet of the Apes. 
Did he do that? Yeah. The, re- the reboot in 2000, yeah. The reboot. With, with Marky Mark. My dad just today texted me. <laughs> I, should, I should stop calling him Marky Mark. I, I will no, forever no, no, call no. him Marky Mark. He's Mark Wahlberg. I did should, I? That was rude of me. Did I stammer? No. <laughs> did I stutter? Did I give you a second glance? I just felt bad because yeah. he's worked very hard to lose that. He's Mark Wahlberg. He's earned that. He's earned Mark Wahlberg. I, he earned the fuck out of Marky Mark. <laughs> he killed it. With those underwear those are hats. great songs. The, the hats he There's wore. There's nothing wrong with that body. You could pour yeah. like a shot down that body. It would get to you in 20 minutes. <laughs> That's how many ridges there are. It's like a body. It's a great riff. It's great. <laughs> I looked at Katie if she was laughing. She didn't. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't laugh at my ice luge Marky Mark body. It's fine. Uh, see, Marky Mark. Ice Cube should make a line of ice luges for frat parties. Ice luge. Yeah. Because Dre's cashing in on beats and everything. Ice that is luge. the funniest sketch idea. Ice is luge. that he goes to Dre to get him to invest. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you have beats by Dre. And he's like, yeah. yeah. He's like, Ice Luge by Ice Cube. <laughs> yes. And he, it doesn't even fully rhyme. No, it doesn't matter. There's not a big market for Ice Luges. I, it's coming back. Is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you're really selling the mold. I go to frat parties all the time, bro. That's why I'm wearing this Let's Rage hat. Uh, I saw it. <laughs> I, yeah. Let uh, that seems like I have a judgment on it. I just yeah, noticed yeah. it. I saw a nice luge that, that was a dick once. I, I shot a sketch with a oh. dick luge, oh. and uh, how was that? That was fine. <laughs> it happens every part <laughs> yeah, of the Buffalo. Exactly. Um, so anyway, what were we saying? Oh, the brain. Oh, so whatever you're saying, it's accelerol or or, mm. or microdosing mushrooms or LSD or whatever. And here goes your brain going like, oh, I'll show you, I'll show you what Instagram looks sure. like. Sure. Let's live in Instagram. I think that I'm always fascinated because I've talked to these, you know, some of the CEOs and, and everything. Because I'm fascinated. I go to these like tech conferences and, and some of them say like, I did this for years. And then much like in Limitless, B Coops is like, hey, I learned all I needed to learn. My brain is now permanently activated to this higher realm and I can still get there. But I do it through meditation now. I do it naturally. I do it through, you know. Really? Yeah. And these guys, I mean, you talk to them, you're like, they're, they're beatific. They're, they're absolutely... Beatific? At, beatific. They're just completely at peace with themselves. They're, they're just, like, on another realm. And I'm like, so you're, you're legitimately not taking anything for this sensation that you're, you're, you're exuding this, like, beautiful light. Like, no, I'm just me. I'm just... I've, I've attained a... And it's like they, they do tests with their neuroscientist buddies, and they, they get down to it. And it's amazing. This is how it's doing. <laughs> I'm just so excited. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, you know, if you do it smart, if you do it in the right way and you cycle and you're not doing it all the time, you know. Yeah. I think it, yeah. Wow. I've never done it, but I've, I feel like it's, 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 well, like people the Beatles, are talking about it, you know. Keep drinking that water. I dosed you. You know? And you haven't noticed. Wait. Wait. Oh, no. <laughs> but you have taken mushrooms. I'm asking. Oh, oh. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't really dose your water. Okay. <laughs> Regis psilocybin. Regis psilocybin. Psilocybin. Regis philbin. On psilocybin. I like to say psilocybin. <laughs> so it runs. Uh, psilocybin. Uh, the glass, the chip of glass wasn't in the bottle. Good. Thanks. Or so I you already did drink it. Drink it. So or that's I, great. Uh, no, that's no, no. Great. That looks like an outside chip. Outside chip. You know, we've all been there cramming an ice cube of E3 Live into oh, your green man. juice. You're going to chip it from time to time. <laughs> uh, speaking of getting high, God. Do yeah. you eat meat? I don't. Oh, child. Uh-oh, uh-oh. You, do you eat dairy? 
I, I'd like you I, to I occasionally get get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I was diagnosed with early onset of Hodgkin's about nine years ago. Which one is Hodgkin's? It's a type of cancer. It's uh-huh. a Epstein Barr virus, which That's I. That's what I thought. But man. do you still have this? What's going on? Epstein Barr never leaves your body. I got mono three times, and that's very. You're a regular at the Epstein Bar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. If we can't laugh. Oh. <laughs> that is good. I'm going to have to. I might have to take that one. Oh, well, now, I don't mean to be insensitive. Tell me what. No, it's. Tell me what it means. And by the way, like for me, nothing is off limits. I don't think anything should be sacred for me or anybody else. That's why, like, when people are like, uh, actually, uh, my dad was killed by a clown. I'm like, shut up. That's funny. Your dad was killed by a clown. That's funny. It's not funny to the people who have actually had parents killed by clowns, but you know well, what I'm saying? Nothing's like, funny to everybody. Yeah, nothing's – yeah, exactly. I understand. Well, there's a bar in New York City called the Epstein Bar. <laughs> I just realized. I remember. Are you serious? Yeah, in the uh, Lower East Side. Okay. It might it might have closed. Oh. <laughs> there's a cancer joke. No, but, here, the, but the Epstein Bar never goes away. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> ah, there it is. <laughs> no, uh, no, you did him. No, I do every No, you did him. <laughs> no, did him. That's a good one. That's a good one. Down, down, down. I don't condone the down. <laughs> I am high on green juice. <laughs> yeah. We will make fun. I am sore. No, it's, it's okay. And I'm it's having okay. fun. Well, I'm also having fun with you. I don't oh, mean to yeah. put it on. No, the, no, I don't mean to put it on the juice. Well, I, yeah. Tell me about your disease. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, it for many years. I kept getting sick all the time, and doctors said, what, you know, what age? Uh, I was twenty. 425 when it, when I got last diagnosed oh, wow. and they're like you know you're, it looks like your your white blood cell counts all over the place it looks like you're exhibiting early signs of Hodgkin's and you're probably on your way to potentially being sick with Hodgkin's by the, your mid 30s so you Whoa. should change, make some changes and I said Jesus you know what do I have to do you said you know you know meditate do you know take care of your stress level because I was really stressed at the time couldn't mm. pay bills and everything and she said you know and I hate to say because I I know you love meat but. I would actually cut that How did that she out. know you loved meat? Because I talked about my meat intake and everything. Uh, You're from Colorado. It's just a part of the culture. You yeah. eat meat, you know? You're from America. It's from America, yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. It's fucking everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and so she was like, take it. You know, uh, I tend to not really like militant vegans. <laughs> oh, I'm not a vegan, yeah. No, I I, I, I am, but... Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But I, so you meet other vegans, and a lot of times they'll turn me off. But one of them said something very interesting to me about cancer and eating meat, and he was like, huh. "Of course, it may cause cancer. You're eating cancer. These animals mm-hmm. get cancer. They're in yeah. like the worst situation. So not only are you eating fear, which now we're getting hippie. You're eating something that was like abused and yeah. and tortured and murdered. So that's not great. Yeah." You know well, I mean? yeah. Forget forget the mental state of the animals. They are literally living in like the the most horrific conditions their entire life. Right, and they're being fed hormones. Look at, look at a factory and, you know, farm like, from above. Yeah. There's no outdoors. No, it's just a prison. It's just yeah. the worst existence it's ever. Disgusting. And everyone knows if you could see it, you wouldn't do it. That said, give me some of that sweet sweet meat, uh, baby. Oh. That said, drunk Pete occasionally slips. It's completely oh, yeah? true. Yeah. Uh, but I just watched this video. It's called Carnism. I highly recommend it. Mm. Very moving. Talks about the psychology of meat. It's very, I think it's not very preachy. It's just very kind of uh, flat in the good Mm. way, Mm. factual. But then uh, there are two minutes of some stuff in there that you're like, oh, fuck, I can't can't unlearn that. It really makes you kind of culpable. But let's, let's, let's appeal rather. Uh, to people who are selfish. It keeps you healthy. It's fucking you up. It's killing you. Yeah. Your colon is lined with carcasses and it's yeah. fucking nasty. I lost 25 pounds in the first six months. Look at my elbow. Just look at my elbow. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we 
<laughs> you lost how many pounds in what months? Twenty five pounds in six months. Just Get by, out literally of my just face. by cutting up meat. Yeah. And it was and it was a difference of having, you know, breakouts all the time and feeling sluggish and I would eat yeah. a, a meal and be like, oh God, the rest of the day just feeling sluggish. I can't say it and, enough. For me, veganism is about getting high. There's wonderful moral mm. benefits, there's health benefits, but you feel fucking fantastic. I could eat a pound of vegetables and be like, that felt great and I don't feel sluggish. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're working, like, I mean, shooting, when I was doing my talk show, I was 100% raw. All I ate was wow. raw food and it was amazing. I know that sounds so LA, but wow. if you're doing nine episodes a week, which we were, you needed to be burning clean fuel. So I am just trying to – I'm not really trying to do anything, I hope. I'm, I'm not trying to preach. I'm just saying if you want to be optimized. Yeah. So people talk about like protein and all that sort of stuff. It's like just try it. Like no one – you can get it other places. Yeah. You're eating a thing that, yes, has protein and has 300 – it's like a can of Coke. Yeah. Yes, there's water <laughs> in it. You can get water from Coke, but there's 300 other ingredients. <laughs> right. So you're getting protein from your meat, yes, but there's 300 other ingredients yeah. and, and all of them are synthetic and toxic and causing all these fucked – I don't care if it was grass-fed or, or treated nicely until it died. It's a strange fucking thing. Yeah. So it's about getting high. Clearly, I'm high right now. <laughs> so you stopped eating meat and, and uh, feeling better. And I, oh, yeah, Carnism, that video. Yeah. Recommend that. Well, that's good. I wish I had a notepad. I want to write some of this. You can write that. Oh, write. No, I'll, I'll remember. Oh, you want to watch that Carnism? Thing? Carnism, yeah. Yeah, I'll write that down for you. It's not Carnism, right? No, no, no. Because I not. would love to see an I, expose on carnies. I do only fuck people that work at Carnival. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, yeah. And when I come, I aim it at a at a, a pyramid of milk bottles. See and if you knock I, it over? If I... <laughs> you know. That's how it did. Or you try to get into the milk If bottle. you get in it, someone else knocks it over. There's more fun later. Yikes. Clay! Yikes. Dude, what I don't want to go to your parties, man. It sounds like fun. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Worth. Where I forgot what else I was going to talk about uh, meat. I, I, anyway, I don't want to uh, preach or anything. But it is interesting. Yeah. I think there's something – Katie and I were talking about this off mic before we started. I think there's something very sad. Ha- like I think we're all a little bit sad all of the time dealing with – talk about Ali and the guy getting punched – uh, we love eating. We love eating animals. I'm yeah. not going to say we don't. And we also love animals. Yeah. So I think it makes us all a little bit sad most of the time. I think so. It's, it's you know, no one would ever on I a mean, subconscious it, level. There's a dog right here. There's a beautiful dog on the floor. Yeah. And and people, you know, get so incensed when there's any sort of abuse. It's like, well, then why aren't you getting incensed about the food you're eating? Yeah. That's what blows my mind. It's like you're getting incensed about a dog being, you know, you know, spat upon or, or you know, right. kicked or on the street. Right. It's like. Or even, how about a, a, a cow that's living in its own filth yeah, yeah, for its yeah. entire life, right. dying as it's being slaughtered, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you eat it, no problem? I'm like, that seems a little illogical to so me. So one of the things that the, the this video says is, I, forget, I think it was Voltaire said, as long as we believe in absurdities, we'll commit atrocities, yeah. which is really interesting. So we're believing in an absurdity that some animals are just like here for us to fuck up, and that's okay, <laughs> yeah. yet no one would ever want to see it. But it's, it's so it's like slavery. They and they make that point. They're like, everyone says that eating meat is natural, necessary, and just the way it is. Yeah. And then they do this very moving, moving thing in this video where they're like, so is heterosexual dominance or male <laughs> right, dominance. Right. So is slavery. We need it. Yeah. We're trying to build a country. We're going to take these people uh. who we turn into something other. It's it's fucking the Holocaust all over again. It's not it's not a dog. It's not a golden retriever. It's pork. 
there's even language. It's not a pig. It's pork. It's not yeah. a chicken. It's poultry. You understand? So you're trying to – we're literally kind of being brainwashed and buying into something, which is okay. I understand that <laughs> it happened to me. I ate meat most of my life. Yeah. But there's something empowering about going like, oh, I'm being sold a bill of goods. At least know that you're being sold it. Yeah. At least maybe you can reduce some of your suffering by saying, I know the atrocity and I know it's fucked up. Yeah. Or I think it would be a better – to break away from it. I have a people who are blissfully ignorant and don't want to know the truth. What I love is people who do know the truth and they're like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm going to eat meat anyway. That's right. I'm like, great. Good for you. You're, you're, you're. I would I mean, say. It's just like. Watch, okay. watch that video and I don't think you're yeah. going to eat as much meat. And the video also makes a really interesting point. Something that you never hear. I know. I'm just looking at the window. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Makes a really interesting point where <laughs> it's kind of like it projects an idea of getting rid of it getting to actually a goal of getting to a point where we don't abuse animals. Mm -hmm. We don't abuse and murder animals anymore. (laughs) And like you've never – sometimes you just need someone to kind of throw that out there because, you know, you drive down the street and it's fucking everywhere. So you feel like what's the point? But then she makes the the point just one vegan meal a week would make a difference. Like would start seeing – Environmentally especially. Talk about – don't even get me started. I will get you started. On cowspiracy. Boom. And the water that it oh, takes God. to get this shit and yeah. the land it takes and what we're doing to the land. Uh, I guess we are just breaching at this point. But <laughs> I would say if those listening, maybe watch the uh, the Carnism YouTube thing and then maybe, maybe don't watch it and just try one vegan meal a week. Yeah. And then one day a week. And you can eat healthy. I, I do believe there's, there, there are healthy meats out there. There are, I mean, I, I eat fish from time to time too. And it's like, I, as long I as they're, sometimes eat fish. Yes. Yeah. It's like, as long as they're caught responsibly and they're raised responsibly in the ocean or in the wild, it's like, or, or like, you know, the, at least the, the beef is treated right and fed, you know, yeah. grass. And it's, I don't have as much of an issue with that because some people genuinely like have, uh, you know, real, real iron deficiencies and everything. I hope you can get it other ways. But if you, if you really feel like you need it. Fine, but like it's it's the it's the notion that like you have to have meat all the time, which is not only absurd. It's not it's not based on any sort of science from any part of human evolution. Like the right. paleo diet cracks me up. People are like, well, this is what cavemen did. They ate meat all the time. I'm like, no, they didn't. Right. That's that's well, empirically untrue. This? Yeah, how empirically <laughs> untrue. Not only was it extraordinarily difficult to get meat on a regular basis, preserving said meat after it was killed, yeah. what under the ground. Yeah. maggots get to it after a day yeah you know it's like you maybe had if if you were a certain point in evolution maybe you had like a fur pelt that you could wrap it in you hope to god that it didn't get the, the maggots didn't get to it or whatever yeah. like, it didn't last long right right right. it just didn't last so long. You're, so you're, you're wrong you're there is no paleo diet that looks like that There's, right that's just an, well you're really actually wrong. eating there there i've talked to a, a number of vegan weirdos and one of them told me something very interesting he was like if you are gonna eat meat you should eat it rarely fresh killed yeah yeah <laughs> And like, and quickly and raw. He was like, it should be rare, fresh, and raw, yeah. meaning bloody. Like, yeah. do it. Right. Fucking cut it out. Stop putting it in a nugget. Cut the thing's throat. Watch it die. And then hold it up like Conan and fucking eat it, you fucking oh. coward. <laughs> stop, do, stop having Ronald McDonald do your dirty work. Yeah, yeah. Right. Everything I eat, I would watch it die. Yeah. <laughs> right. With no problem. Avatar, remember? It was beautiful. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's well, there thing. was the Native American thing, and then there. But then this video also makes the argument that like it doesn't exist anymore. The absolute need. The Native Americans, I don't think, would have lived if they weren't their relationship with the buffalo. Yeah. Look at their mythology; it was all about paying homage to the buffalo. So I don't know. If I thought they, it was homage. I say homage. Oh, Austin. Okay. Uh, Austin? Is it Austin or Austin? I'm Austin. Uh, <laughs> 
And and I also, you know, I've said on this podcast before, I don't want to be the spokesperson for veganism because I'm not the best vegan, but I am trying. And mm. I would say I'm 99% a vegan, but, you know, I just Instagram me. Do you think veganism actually. is looking for a spokesperson? I do, actually. <laughs> yeah. I do, and I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. I, I, I just think there's a real danger in really aligning yourself with a group. I like being yeah. a vegan, but I don't want to be in a group of vegans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You, but I, that's not even true. I like them. I don't. I, I'm full of shit every every which way. And that's all I'm saying. I'm looking for an allowance for me to be full of shit because I can't be a perfect example for anything. Yeah. Whether it's spirituality or or veganism or any anything. And that's why I would say that you're the perfect example for it because you're not perfect, Hit and it. that's good. Oh, that was good. We're getting so much better. And at you it. got the Tom Brady smile too. I'm gonna you call really, my dad. Yeah. You really do. It's it's kind of blowing my mind. It's you look. You got the hair and the, ah, the, the big, the big smile. I it's just like, had lunch with Aaron Rodgers. Hey! Oh, wow! Asked, that's cool. Are the, you a Packers fan? No, I'm like I'm nine. Okay, I asked okay. him to do the podcast. He said he would, and then he didn't reply to my email. So oh, the gauntlet's thrown down on the air, Aaron. He's probably a little depressed right now, though. To be fair, is he blue? Because they lost. They my lost. first, the only thing I asked that him about football game. was: Is football still happening? <laughs> and he my said, Broncos no, are in the Super Bowl over. next week. Your Broncos? My, I, I, I own. What if I was so vegan? I don't even want football teams <laughs> named after animals. Those those horses should be free. <laughs> I like that. Wait, it's the Broncos and the who's what's and the Panthers. Panthers and the Broncos? Yeah, two animals. I love it. Two teams I've never even heard of. What? Give me your Green the Bay. The Panthers, I understand. They're give a me relatively your, new give team. Give me your Patriots. Uh, give <sighs> me your Cowboys. If it's not the Cowboys, Green Bay, or Patriots. The Broncos have been more relevant be- long before the Patriots were relevant. Broncos? The Broncos of the <laughs> 70s and 80s? We've been, to, we've been to seven Super Bowls. Tell Pete. They were never on the cover of any Madden I owned. Wow. Were they? Probably. Probably. Yeah, Peyton. <laughs> Peyton Manning? Yeah. He's the quarterback for the... That's all right. That's okay. I do like the world we live in that, like, the most, like, you know, testosterone-fueled macho dude who's awesome. His name is Peyton. Yeah. I like that. And he's a sweetheart, too. Is he? You've he met is. him? No, no, but I, I you know, he, I've heard from many people he's just the sweetest guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who's got a plane view in there? That's what I call my ego, by the way. Your plane view? You got to feed the plane view. Are we talking about There Will Be Blood Again? Yep. Okay. I want you to elaborate on this because I'm not sure I understand. No, it's just what I, I've, I've come to terms with my ego. There's, as, as sweet as I am, I have a, a part uh, of me uh. that, is, uh, that is competitive. I've always said that I'm not competitive, and I'm not. But I'm not letting Plainview talk right now. He mm. will crush you. I want no one else to succeed. <laughs> I have a competition in me. Exactly. That's a very good Plainview. Thanks. Thank you. I overshoot mine. Listening to you. Give me the blood, Eli. Like I'm going Ooh, to. No, that's good. That's good. No, you say it. Give me the blood, Eli. See, you're doing it. You're doing an actual impression. Well, no, no, no. That was good. I don't, yeah, I but I, I can't. No, no, no. I'm not putting. I love myself. I think I'm great. <laughs> good, good. I think my Plainview is great. But I'm yeah. noticing a quality in yours. That is very, very good. I drink your milkshake. That's good. I drink it up. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think we're both, I think we both got it. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) I did a parody video of There Will Be Blood years ago. You did? Called There Will Be Bud. And Daniel Plainview was now Daniel Puffington. And he is a weed seller and grower Ah. at a college campus. And uh, it did quite well. Uh, very good. Uh, Give me the body, Eli. Yeah, yeah. I 
I do drink your milkshake because yes. I'm high. I'm was super that high. Was that in there? Well, I had a, we had we, the, the bowling scene at the end. We had I had wee bowling in the background. Wee bowling, which was like that very was good. Tip of the hat to anyone who's paying attention. Yeah, and the, the, for those who did catch it, like, oh, that's genius! I can't uh, believe it. Yeah, PT great. Anderson at home. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. They get it. Yes. <laughs> this is why I do what I do. Is PT Anderson actually John Madden? That sounds a little. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Ben's <laughs> back. Oh yeah, that's great. Um, well, let let me look at what what I was going to ask you about, dude. Do it. Oh, Lauren asked me to ask you about kids these days. Oh, am I right? I mean, because we've never met, oh. so I was like, oh, what should I ask him? And we didn't talk about Japan, or we can talk <laughs> about kids these days. They're just. And I, I could mean. tell you that I think impressions are important. Because when someone is being someone else, we see that they were being someone, and it's all baloney. Boom. If you ever need someone to make things that aren't deep, deep, call me. Now I'm second-guessing impressions altogether. I don't know if I should ever do it again, because you go really deep with it. (laughs) Now I feel like it's like this (laughs) meta-spiritual level that maybe I'm like trying to hide myself through someone else. No, but you're hiding yourself right now. Whoa. In this character. <laughs> ah, this is, I'm just talking to your bodyguard. This is deep for a Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, well, this is when you're supposed to have these conversations. Yeah, right, right. So what is it with kids? Like, I, I know that's kind of a big topic, but uh, what, what breaks your heart about the generation behind us? I think it's a damn shame that... <laughs> yes! You know, and I, damn shame. It's, it's, I'm going to sound like, like an old man. I'm going to sound like our, our parents' generation. But it's true. I mean, I guess we do always kind of look at the generation following and be like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. And I and I, I see you know some of my my cousins and 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 you know I, I love them to death but they they just expect everything like that. Yep. I I need this. I need this app. Oh, right. what was this? I can find it. There's no like, hey, who was that guy in that movie? Let me look it up. Ah, oh, man. What I worry have about. Have you seen my bed? I have a bit about this. Oh, you do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you should look it up. Okay. I will. On your phone. In- <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Let me just pause the podcast. Um, <laughs> kind of do our point. I'm just in complete agreement with you. It's killing It's killing uh, individual thought. It's killing uh, true creativity. Mystery. Wonder. Like, you, you know. Uh, and it's, it's robbing you of joy. Because yeah. when we have mystery and unknowing and wonder, right. there's a tension. It's like... Uh, jerking off as opposed to taking the woman of your dreams to dinner and the whole meal you have wine you're noticing her dress you're noticing the way she moves her hands you dance Dance. you have a cocktail you you wonder if you're going back and then you make love and it's very as DGP Dr. Gary Penman whose book is available now is my therapist he talks about when you cook a meal you smell it you chop it there's the anticipation and, and that's the making love as opposed to just Pow! Blasting out a, a, a quick jerk in the morning yeah. because you're a little bit horny, and I do see a lot of people thinking that blasting out a jerk in the morning is an orgasm. To which I say, "You've yet to come, my boy." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because the the tension of the meal and the mm. and the eventuality of mm. actually getting back to their place and having and making love with somebody that you connected to and care about oh. is 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 the opposite of Amazon one click. I like this. O- opposite of Amazon yeah. one click. That's great. But everybody lives like a rich person. It's all right there. Is, is yeah. your point? Right? It's 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 too immediate. There's too yeah. it's it's too available. I, I I believe in living in the moment. What I'm arguing is that like doing that is actually taking you out of the moment. Mm. It's 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 forcing your brain to become sloppy. It's 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 allowing you to become lazy. And I, and I and I see you know kids like what do you want to do with your life? Like I don't know. Maybe work at a 
startup or what it's like there's no i don't hear a lot of direction from a lot of kids these days mm. and I, I feel so goofy saying that out loud no, but it's true yeah you we know should be and, on a porch right now yeah you know, <laughs> drinking our lemonade ah yeah. oh, these kids yeah, yeah, yeah. i but, wish they were running around in front of us right now <laughs> yeah but i mean if you think about it this is the best time to be an entrepreneur to to make your own way for yourself and what i what i see is People buying into the to the to the you know conglomerate of of data collection U.S. Incorporated, but I don't see a lot of like personal buy-in mentally to your own ideas. How do I want to? What's what's your contribution? What is mm. what do you genuinely want to do with your life that's going to benefit society? Mm. It's just me, 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 which is fine. The eighties was very me, 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 and a lot of great things came out of that. But there was also this like struggle to like I need to Air overcome wolf. the Airwolf, of course. <laughs> Jake and the Fat Man. Some great stuff came out of the eighties, bro. Did you at least watch Knight Rider? I didn't care for Night Rider. You didn't care for Night Rider? I don't want to see a man who's had a proctology exam on Saturday mornings. I, <laughs> he's a no grown idea. man. What? I'm just saying he's a three-dimensional living person. Okay. He, has, he, gets, okay. he gets a cough <laughs> I sometimes. Like, I was like, I am I missing a David Hasselhoff reference here? Fantasy. Like, I okay. want pretend. I don't want someone who kind of looks like my dad's buddy. So a, a talking <laughs> car is not fantasy and pretend enough for as you? As long as there's the Hoff driving it. Oh, my gosh. I just feel him going like, what am I going to have for lunch? <laughs> Never thought that with the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I, love, I love that. I don't want live action. I, I, never, I never knew that about myself. Yeah. So anyway, too immediate uh, and to me. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I, think, I think you can live a self-centered life not, and, and have it be not self as opposed to selfish. Mm. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Buddhists preach self-centered life, as living as self-centered as possible so that it benefits the most people around you. I, I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. But um, the selfish, the like, me, 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 I need this thing. Well, uh, why, what, what, when, when are we going to go there? I, I want this, and there's no work for it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a damn shame. I'm only saying this not because I'm like, oh, I'm pointing the finger and I'm judging you. No, I just want to say this as a warning. It's like, you will you will be in the workforce soon enough, and if you think that everything's going to be handed to you, it's not, mm. and it's going to be hard. And there's mm. going to be those times where you're eating ramen every day, and and it's like it's like the David Foster Wallace. Uh, this is water speech. Have you heard that? I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, you should. I like. I'm going to put I was that reading on a your book, list. Uh, supposedly fun thing. I I I've been reading in that book. It's great. Look, this is this is your area of the paper that you'll take home. I love it. Yeah, and this is mine. Okay, you, you gave me more things than I gave, <laughs> which is how it should be. Damn it. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I I remember seeing kids with a disposable camera, like an old school one, and uh-huh. they took a picture and then they looked for the picture. They were so disappointed that you couldn't see it. Yeah. and that really is an old fogey thing to say. Yeah, but I think there's something strange that happens to us psychologically. Especially when you see babies, infants holding iPhones and and oh. learning that there are no, there's no boredom and there's no, yeah. there is no such thing as waiting and and I played little video games and stuff and sure. those Tiger games. Did you play those? Tiger, it, like shitty handheld games. They were only one. Oh yes, game. yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love Tiger. I, I would play that stuff. About. But those were only so stimulating. I'm not talking yeah. about like an infinite sandbox game wormhole yeah. that you can fall into and be completely <laughs> on your on your iPad Pro yeah. just because your parents don't want you to make noise. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. It's a it's a mixed message you're sending to kids. You yeah, know? it's like oh, we we want you to have this device that has access to the entire w- right. w- world knowledge ever. Yeah, but please memorize this knowledge, yeah. and you go why? Yeah, as I say in my bed, I say Google is is like a calculator that helps you cheat at every subject. Yeah, and and that's dangerous Very. because what happens? You know, who are we becoming if we're just if we're really just becoming parasites? That use these things. We're just we're just consuming. Mm. We're mm. just eating things, and there. And I think we might have lost ourselves. I don't know. 
I was going to say we might have lost a Michelangelo or, or whatever, but maybe we wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe they're going to. Yeah. It seems to me the way of life is we, us, will worry about the generation behind us, yeah. and then they'll inevitably kick our ass and do more totally. than we ever did. They probably will, but there's going to be those people that had to like step up and say, guys, we're slacking. We are legitimately slacking. But it's slacking. like you said, we it's have the to, people that know. can predict the market of suffering. Right. And that is a, a commodity that, that is predictable. It will always be there. And people that can diagnose the corporate ache of being alive at this time, at this moment, and then salve it in some way yeah. will always have a job. Yep. And even if it is somebody like Zuckerberg creating Facebook, finding that way to be like, I think people are going to want to be con- connected. Certainly it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. But there are going to be people that figure it out. I think we both agree. I think so. And at the same time, you damn kids. <laughs> you damn kids. You this, damn kids. If, get John, off F. The Kennedy, White House if John F. Kennedy was still kicking. I am kicking. It was a conspiracy. I'm alive. <laughs> I'm just fine. That was a body double. It was a real girl. A real doll. A real doll. Real girl is the charity Valerie works for. Donate today. <laughs> Female empowerment for girls age 9 to 12. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, that's, wonderful. that's a very specific age group. Yeah, yeah. No, I got the age wrong. It's probably like 9 to 6. I don't even Okay, know. it's 9 to 12. It's like... I know it's not 9 to 11. I would Right. I, mean, it makes I will sense. never forget that. <laughs> right. It's just like when you're going through puberty, that's got a really tough time, especially for girls. Well, that's like, so when maybe you... that's why they... And there's real boy, too. Oh, cool. And cool. it's very, very sweet. I'm a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> why isn't the... It should be Pinocchio. It should be Pinocchio. Oh. But then they'll think they're lying about the charity. It's like, it's a yeah. joke charity. Yeah. <laughs> That's more Mickey Mouse, I suppose. Yeah, but somebody at some point had to have made a joke about a guy who gets erections from lying. Yeah. Oh, baby, looks so good tonight. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a big Woody. Uh, that was a dumb joke, and we're going to own it. So we're at the ninety-minute mark, and that's what we always talk about. Uh, God. So, oh. Uh, take your choice of however you'd like the question served wow. to you. Wow. And you can you can have a quick answer. It doesn't have to be a long okay. conversation. Uh, but uh, or can uh, what is this? What is this? Is a good place to search. Is all of this? All of this? Just what is this? Not Whoa. where we are, but what is this? What is the purpose? What is the meaning of life? Literally, uh, what happens when we die is a nice angle. Um, how were you raised? Is a good place to start. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was raised Methodist. I was. I was a very big part of my church, and I, I love. Why it. hasn't someone done Methodist man? It's like a really clean rapper. It's just really kind. I'd like that. He's like, yo, yo, I want to talk to y'all about God. Oh, yeah, that was DC Talk. Was DC Why didn't right, someone right, right. in DC Talk call themselves Methodist Man? Because right. Method Man didn't exist yet. Yeah. All right, so go on. Um, and you I, and I, I love the church, and I, and I was really, God, I love the Bible. And I, I had some really dynamic Sunday school teachers who kind of instilled this love of, 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 of the you know, like Christ. Like Col- Colbert-level Sunday school teachers. Yeah. Like good I mean, but like, And really good guys, too. Just yeah. like really, really good guys. And I loved the, the kids that I was with. And I think for me, it, was, it wasn't for you know, some kids like church is boring and it's, it's awful. And I was, I was the acolyte. I, I used to light the candle at the beginning of the mm. ceremony and, and extinguish at the end. So it was a, it was a, it was a a ceremony of it for me and it was also it was a really meaningful thing where I believed I very much believed and it was it was a wonderful upbringing in mm, that respect mm-hmm. I think that being said it was it was kind of soul crushing when I had all these you know dark times and around 14 there wasn't room for that it, it couldn't I, the, the questions I was asking my, my pastor were legitimate and he tried his damnedest to answer them as best he could but the answers I was asking were not ones that he could give me because ultimately what I was realizing was 
there are other religions out there that are probably better suited for my line of thinking. Mm. Although I will say, yes, I find it interesting the the traditions that you and I came up with having a hard time with people who are suffering. And I'm just mm. I'm not talking about all of Christianity. It just sounds like your experience and mine. Um, which is all, all we're really delving into. Yeah. That's all we can. Uh, is uh, Dust in the wind. It's all we can, man. We're like a candle in the wind, unreliable. We're like dust in the wind, forming a candle. <laughs> right. Momentarily. Yes. Because you're on a microdose of mushrooms. <laughs> and you're Regis Philbin. Right. In Regis Philbin, 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 Simon. <laughs> but I think it's funny... The, the religion, my interpretation of Christ these days is is a story and an exploration of suffering. I mean, the, mm. the, the fucking tale is the guy comes, tells people the truth, is persecuted and killed. So sure. one of the easiest sermons you could make, and Rob Bell st- talks about this, is Christ on the cross is saying, me too. Like, it's not this God somewhere else watching lifeguard style. It's He is intimately involved in your pain as well as your ecstasy. But somehow we just got down to like... If if you're in pain, if you're sick, uh, you you did something wrong, mm. as opposed to like, no, this is the game. Yeah, take the curriculum. This is the class. Right. Christ came. He suffered. He suffered a lot. Yeah. And that that would be a strange thing, but then I think we somehow missed that message. I think that religion is is so multi layered, and and it, and people can derive a million different lessons from it for me it was it was a great way to be raised i'm so i mean I, it's it's funny because as, as hard as it was when i left the church mm. because and it was it wasn't people were uh, bad mouthing me or anything like that i just i i believe so firmly and then when i left it i felt like i was going to hell that mm. was the, and i believe that when you believe you're actually going to hell for the thoughts that you have mm-hmm. after everything happened talk about the lifeguard guy Whoa. he's in there too yeah he went boobies and he went Haha, yeah enjoy eternity right and i so, think you have a type of child abuse i would say yeah maybe in some <laughs> respects yeah sure but richard Rohr, uh, the franciscan friar who did this podcast who i recommend to you uh, he talked about raising a child rigidly actually has a benefit because you, like your snake analogy, have something now to shed. So mm. you have a personal involvement. Like the Eden story, you eat the apple, you leave. That's you taking your own birth, right. you being involved, having choice, having empowerment. So raised, I would say, sounds like too rigidly, but then you're breaking away. Not not overly rich. I'm not saying you were right. like Westboro. I'm saying, <laughs> right. but you you know were bumping against some of the things, and now it sounds like you were you took the opportunity through that suffering mm-hmm. to reclaim, redefine, and reimagine what it is you were to believe. So you're saying there are other faiths that seem to make more sense. This spoke to me more, yeah, yeah. And I think I, I really got into Eastern religion in, in in high school, in high school and college, and and that was the thing that saved me it was actually getting into it through uh emerson and thoreau like because they were you know transcendentalists they spent you know some time uh you know with with some different vedic yogis and everything and that's where they came up with the whole idea of the oversoul and yeah and and that makes a lot of sense to me i read all that stuff in college and and because i was at a christian college i think they kept kind of batting us back to the path (laughs) the transcendentalists were amazing really yeah yeah i love the transcendentalists i mean they they really you know 150 years ago said exactly how i feel about the world and it's and it's it's brilliant what's a good one well the oversoul for me is the the one that makes the most sense who wrote that i mean i'm sure they all did but what is the book that you would recommend i'm looking Uh, for another thing for my list well the the essay on self-realization is a great one from emerson you know um that's good okay cool yeah that's (laughs) so now let's go back to you 
Uh, just that um, Emerson, you know, talked about the the Oversoul, which was yeah. just this. You, there's this big cloud of of souls that are constantly being recycled and go back to Earth. It's very much you know wow. Buddhist and everything, but hmm. we're all collective organism that is learning and growing as a part of this constant all exchange. One. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, that makes beautiful total sense to me. You come and you think you're separate, and you yeah. remember you're part of the collective, right? And even the forgetting and the remembering is all part of the trip, completely, because that's how we get lost in it, and that's how we actually learn about ourselves. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the game, and you're only learning what you're remembering too. It's just it's it's like you're coming back, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've 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 learned this, and you've remembered this because it's already in the collective subconscious. It's that's already right. there, right? We we are we are actually growing. I think as a society, even though we see so many atrocities left and right all the time, we are actually, I believe, growing as a human species. Even though there's things I, I wish we all want to see differently, but it's we're growing. Mm. We're absolutely growing. Mm-hmm. I think on a, on an evolutionary level, on a spiritual level, we are we are improving. I, do I agree. That. I agree. Yeah. yeah I th- you know, there is so much pain and suffering. It, it, it seems callous to talk positively. But I think ultimately there is uh, – even in that difficult uh, carnism video, they talked about how it's one of the fastest growing things is so many more people are kind of waking up. That is a small enlightenment, I think, yeah. is treatment of animals. Huge. And, and uh, self-empowerment is a small enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And, and you in your uh, acting and realizing that you could feed your soul – in ways that had nothing to do with external sources yeah. is a small enlightenment. And we piece all of these together like a mosaic, and hopefully at the end we can somewhat resemble a Buddha or a Christ or whoever you like. Yeah. Right? That's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. It's, well, yeah. I'm on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, that's we aspire to be like the people that we've, we're, we're learning from, you know? Right. And uh, if, we could, if we could all try to just be more patient, I, I, said, I try to teach myself this all the time, just be more patient with each other, you mm. know, and, and, and try to see things from their perspective because I don't think we do that enough. I, I really don't think we do that enough. And I, I constantly have to tell myself. Compassionate like, listening. Come on. You got to be more compassionate. Buddy. Yeah. Like this, these are people too. And, right. Know. Compassionate and also dispassionate listening, yeah. meaning you tell me why you'd like to kill me and everyone I know. <laughs> right. Right. And I would actually try to listen to you. Yeah. Why do you hate me? Yeah. As opposed to bombing each other. And turning people – talk about turning uh, cows into beef, turning our enemies into groups and turning them into yeah. – uh, I, I understand that makes war more convenient. But these – everyone that we might have a problem with from their perspective has a problem with us. This is basic mm. stuff. And and I think you know, Vietnam was a different war because it was on TV and that's why all the hippies started to see it. It wasn't an enemy and in a war. Yeah. Capital somewhere else, to someone else, far away. away. You could see it, and you'd see the napalm, and you'd see the kids, and you'd see all that stuff, and it changed the way we think. And that's only increasing. Now we get live updates. You see, nine eleven happens, then you see us bombing some other country that may or may not have been involved. You know what I'm saying? So we're getting this, and I'm not an expert on that. Please don't get all up in arms about that. I, I'm not, not you. I'm talking to the listeners. Okay, (laughs) you seem fine, but. who is an expert? I mean, I, I, guess, I yeah. guess, who are we trusting? It's, yeah. it's a strange thing. But yes, that's a Thich Nhat Hanh thing is, is compassionate listening and, and trying to separate your true self from your story and your desires and, and trying to get back into that place of, of oneness. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. I love, I love it. it. What about death? What, what do you think of that? You've seen some. Seen, seen a lot of death, yeah. You, not on the show. I'm talking about yeah. 
right? People die on nice. the show. Yes, they do. They do die on our show. <laughs> Just a real <laughs> nice. nice little time. Nice. nice. <laughs> Watch The Walking Dead weekdays at 4 p.m. Not- yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to help you guys That's great. Out. Yeah, no, we, we, we need more viewership. We're, yeah. we're struggling right now. Um, Sundays, AMC. Is that on Sundays? Uh-huh. And you're not struggling. No, no, we're... It's a huge hit. No, we're... It's Big like show. most watched show on cable. History. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah okay. it's ridiculous. It's a huge juggernaut. That's it's, amazing. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite shows too. So like to get on it is like, yeah, I was sweating like crazy when I was on the way over there. I, I talk about like social anxiety times a million. Yeah, I was so nervous that yeah. first day. You've never been so nervous to talk to a dead zombie, right? Right, <laughs> exactly. Uh death, man. I, 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 to, to, to say anything, I think would just be. A waste of the listeners' time and my own because mm. and yours because that I have would, no. Don't say that. That would just this <laughs> podcast would just go away if we weren't allowed to <laughs> no. tackle subjects we no, weren't I qualified just... to talk about. <laughs> I have no opinion on death. Okay, how I do have... you feel about it? You're going to die today. Oh, let's. Uh, I like. What? To, <laughs> like uh, no, I like to do this. Uh, you're 98 years old, and you've done everything you've okay. ever wanted to okay. do, and you're surrounded by all your loved ones, and and your favorite music is playing, and it's the type of illness where you really are just going to drift out. No drugs. You're just going to drift. No pain. Yeah. How do you feel going on that adventure? Are you jumping into a void? Are you not worried about it? Are you worried I'm, about it? If I if I've done everything, if I've lived with no regret and and really lived my life the way I wanted to, I'm not going to go in with any fear. I'm gonna embrace it, but I have no idea what comes after that. Hit it, you know. No, no, no idea. That was that was pretty good. It was a good one. Yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> I tried. It's good. Well, great. Ah, uh, yeah. What What are your thoughts on death? Do you love it? Are you a fan? I think about it all the time. Do you really? I dream. In my dreams, I talk about it. Wow. I, I go. Oh, I'm dreaming. It's weird that I'm gonna die one day. Yeah. And uh, and that. People have heard me say this countless times because, unfortunately, the people that listen to this podcast have to hear the things that I'm thinking about <laughs> on a daily basis. And one of them is that I will be present for my own death. The Woody Allen joke, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to be there when it happens, yeah. I think is actually – not actually. I think a lot of people think that's a very profound thing yeah. is that we would like to detach. But the truth is we will be there. Mm. And uh, we will be there the way that we're here now. And that's – Strange. So all of these Eastern practices and all of – so when I'm trying to be dispa- uh, unattached, even though I'm so attached to Valerie, I'm trying to be unattached. Yeah. That's me also trying to be so attached to my own life but also unattached. Don't wow. you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I love my own life. I love me and I love Valerie. It's actually very similar. We're both just in that same place of love. I don't really differentiate. You know, It's just the love place. And, the uh, love place. <laughs> Is that you love never boat? saw the love boat? I know sorry. love boat okay, theme song. Good. I don't know Airwolf, but I love uh, love boat. But, Do you uh, ever sing Valerie for her? Amy Winehouse? No, no, Valerie. Uh, um, uh, what's his name uh, from the eighties? Um, oh, I think I know. Ah, uh, gosh, about. gosh, gosh. Sorry, I'll, I'll think of that. Valerie. Call me Valerie. No, I will not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know uh, that's Steve, what he, Steve Winwood? I didn't know that's what Steve he was Winwood, saying. I think, yeah. I thought he was saying, I believe. No, Valerie. Oh. Valerie, Valerie, call you've, on me. You've just changed Val's life. I mean, I think you should play that as soon as you get in. I will. On, on some boom, will. a boombox. Do you have a boombox still? <laughs> I do. I keep it in the backyard with my trench coat. <laughs> um, so you were saying... You and oh, Valerie so are this lovely It's not unit. just Valerie. It's, it's, it's trying to be unattached to everything in a healthy way yeah. so that when you die, there will be, as they say, Buddha mind. There will be no clinging. Mm-hmm. There will be a clean – we want to talk about eating clean. What about dying clean wow. where you're just kind of like 
let's let's say yes to everything, including your own passing, so you can kind of glide into it. And if there is something kind of psychedelic and something oversoul and something afterlifey about mm-hmm. it, wouldn't it be great to come at that without fear? I'll tell you this. Yeah. Shootings in Paris, horrible thing, obviously. Wow. This uh, This person was interviewed... And uh, they were on the ground and their friends were uh, dying around them or dead around them. Terrible thing. And there they are. And I don't know if they had been shot, but it wasn't fatal. So they were interviewing them. And the person said, I uh, tried to lay as still as possible. And the interviewer said, oh, so they would think you were dead. And the person said, no, I knew I was going to die. I just didn't want to die in fear. (sighs) Isn't that one of the hits? Wow. And And I think that's the charge we all one of the practices we can have is to they talk about love and death this is a quote and i don't know who said it being two of the great gifts that most people leave unopened so there is something to be learned from death that i think we're avoiding and i understand morphine i understand painkillers but the way that we put our nursing homes and our hospitals and we hide death whereas in india people are burning in the streets Mm -hmm. and you know being cremated in the streets floating down the Ganges face down, dead folks. Yeah. It's right in front of you. So there's a death-aware culture, and we're a death-unaware, we're a death-denying yes, culture. We very much are. When it's something that we all do. Yeah. And it's a part of it. Yeah. And I think there's something t- to embracing it as best we can. And I, I had some unfinished business with my grandmother. We had, you know, there was things that I needed to tell her and wanted to tell her and things I wanted to challenge her on and this and that. And when she passed rather abruptly a few years ago, I, I didn't think I was going to have this response, but when I was at, because she was the last grandparent that I had, mm. and when I went to her funeral, I remember just losing it mm. and, and, and being the last person there and, and, and not understanding why. Like they, my, my mother was like, are you okay? I'm like, I don't, I'm just, it was her mom and she was mm. holding it together better than mm. I was, but there were things I needed to say to her. And I, and I, I think it's, it's, it's so funny. It's only usually in death, especially in this country where we, we, that's where we honor people. Mm. That's where we say, "Oh, but I wanted to uh, mm-hmm. say that. Sh- say that shit now." That's right. And say whatever you want to say now. Like that's right. why wait. And that's because you can't get that back. Right. And uh, DGP says there's a, in his with his patients and his experience as a therapist. He says there really is a quality to saying the things that you want to say. Because mm. I, I talk about that with people in my own life, and I'm like, you know. I don't. Why? Why bother them with this? And it's like, well, I always say that. I always say that. <laughs> I don't want to burden them. I don't want to upset them. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to challenge them. Well, yeah. then old Rami D comes in, and, and Rami D talks about being a space <laughs> where they can do the work if they'd like to. Mm. So there's no even evangelizing, and there's no pushing because yeah. that leads to pushing back, and that, nobody likes that feeling. And uh, that's something I'm working on is just trying to be a place where they can play. He gives the example. You can come in and tell me that you just bought a new sports car, and I'm not going to say that's not going to fill the hole. You can just let them use you as a little mat to play on, like children play on a mat. You know, yeah. hard thing to do, hard thing to do, and then to love them anyway. Hard thing. Yeah. Well, we got the hits, man. Man, we got deep. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I, I was not expecting that. It's uh, <laughs> beautiful, though. I love that. No, I love what you said, man. This is great. I, I didn't know you. I I don't know. I know yeah, you now. I know you, and you know me now. And thank you to Lauren for introducing us. Yes, yes. And uh, and good luck with the show. Thank you. I don't know why I'm wrapping it up. Like I'll never. Maybe I'll see you. Again. <laughs> no, I hope so. Yeah, be good. And uh, 
We end because it goes deep. We end with a, 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 something lighter. Okay. There's a speed round. Oh. And oh. then a fun and a, a fun silly question. Okay. Okay. So don't overthink the speed round. Gotcha. It's a speed round, <laughs> but it goes like this: What is the greatest lesson you've learned about love? It's ephemeral. Ooh. What's the greatest lesson you've learned about family? Patience. Ugh, killing it. <laughs> I shouldn't interrupt the speed round. <laughs> greatest lesson you've learned about God. Uh, it is what you make it. Ooh, child. Greatest lesson you've learned about art. Eh. <laughs> greatest lesson you've learned about acting. Just relax and listen. Ooh, good. Greatest lesson you've learned about your heart. It's very fragile, so take care of it. And greatest lesson you've learned about uh, presence, being present. Uh... Stop worrying about what other people think of you because they're worried too. And you just got to enjoy it. Just enjoy the moment. Surrender. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Surrender that shit. And can you tell me one of the hardest times you've ever laughed? This is the silly one. I think this podcast is up there. (laughs) (laughs) Regis Regis (laughs) Philosibian, like, that's (laughs) like... Two in a row. Lama Suryuda said the hardest time I've laughed was with you, and you're saying that we just didn't. No, no, no. You can also give me another one. I just remember. We don't have to rank them. Okay. (laughs) I just remember. I think the hardest time I've ever laughed with my first girlfriend, I I like farting. I'm a big fan of farting. It's a funny thing to me. And and the great thing about farting is that it transcends age, you know, race, creed, color, yes. country. Yes. It doesn't matter. Everyone farting loves. and I've been yeah. in Nepal, I've been I've been everywhere yes. around the world. If you fart people are like <laughs> <laughs> someone farted, it's amazing. Yeah. And so uh Tina, my first girlfriend, she was she was she put up with it. But mm. but at that point she was like, come on. Yeah. And after a particularly unpleasant dinner or or just unagreeable dinner with my digestive system, I I, I we were in my car and I just I was like, hey, baby, I want to tell you something. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I just got to tell you something. She's like, what? And I just I just let it go. And it went for like, it was the, the laughing fart, the sporadic laugh fart where it was like, you know, it wouldn't stop. And it was five minutes of nonstop farting. And she just looked at me like I was a crazy person. And then she started laughing finally, eventually. But, but the, the whole time we were losing our minds, veins bulging out of my face and my neck, like I'm so red in the face. She was like slapping me like, you freaking idiot. What's the matter with you? That was, that was the, I think, the hardest I've ever laughed in my life. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent answer. Yeah. I, I farted recently in front of Val, and I said, it smelled like opening a carso- sarcophagus. Yeah. And she said, maybe if it was filled with rotten eggs. And then she said, are you sick? <laughs> I thought, are you sick? Yeah. Was the funniest thing. Like I You could it. diagnose someone from the smell I of their fart. I love it. I yeah. love farts. It's so funny. The and that real, that's real intimacy. So thank you so much, man. This was amazing. Thank you. Thanks we have the me. guests say, keep it crispy at the end, if you don't mind. Oh, you could say it as any one of your impressions. Keep it crispy? Yeah. that You just said it. But you, could, is, you could say it as somebody if you'd like. I'll do it as John C. Riley. Is that okay? I He's love my that favorite. That's good, yes. Hey guys, keep it crispy. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> it's it's my favorite is just Steve, Steve Rule, John C. Riley, but it's just like Woo! <laughs> 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 Thanks, man. One more. Thank you. Hey. Oh, let's, let's do a three. Oh, oh the third one good. was best. That Lined was up best. best. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you very much. My ice pain make you haters wanna get me. 
Now leaving Nerdist.com. 